0: They call me a rapist and I apologize. Oh, come on, Susan! this is some kind of joke. Sexual harassment is about power. When did I have the power? When?
1: Hi, I'm Madeline and I'm a writer and a cultural critic.
0: I'm Dave. I'm a comedian, and actor, and welcome to Genre Reveal Party. This is our podcast where we talk about TV and movies through the lens of genre, its definition, its limits, and what we can learn by exploding them. Each episode, one of us chooses a TV show or movie to discuss, or several in this case. There will be spoilers, partly because it's our goal that you don't need to have watched the thing to enjoy the show. So welcome.
1: Welcome. Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about what we've named, all caps, the Michael Douglas Trilogy. And we have a very special guest today who is my best friend and erotic thriller expert, Jasmine Bridges. Welcome to the show, Jasmine.
2: Hi, I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> I don't Can know I if I consider makes... myself an expert, but... Yeah, uh... what's
0: your, what are your qualifications? What are your expert <laughs> qualifications?
2: Well, I'm a pervert, and... <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> Honestly, respect.
2: <laughs> um... Well, I I think I uh I wanted to talk about this genre. Madeline and I were just chatting. She asked me what I was up to and I said I wanted to talk about erotic thrillers because I've been watching a lot of them just for fun. And uh I wanted to see there's this idea that there's no more sex in movies mm-hmm. and I think in order to understand that we need to see when was there a time when there was a lot of sex in movies and then work our way forward. So that's kind of my interest in this.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and Jasmine gets into these like research rabbit holes, and that's always something I really enjoy talking, uh, talking to her about. Like, what's the latest thing you're, you're tracking or something like that? So, uh, so Jasmine and I have been best friends since 1999, uh, when we were in ninth grade, and she came to my house for a sleepover, and I made her watch the really terrible, um, <laughs> 1977 film Bobby Deerfield, um, (laughs) (laughs) in which Al Pacino plays a race car driver. Um, And this was because I was at the time working my way through Pacino's filmography. So um, (laughs) Jasmine has been putting up with me ever since then.
2: (laughs) I think that we both... um indulge each other when we're going through these phases of obsession <laughs> and that's why we're friends it's like okay yeah. you want to watch a bunch of like erotic thrillers great i accept you and I'll, I'll go through that with you i'll watch bobby deerfield with you yeah that's, that's what friends thinking. are for yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true so i'm gonna move through my kind of brief overview of the michael douglas trilogy and then we'll we'll kind of branch out in, into the chat um okay so well, we're going to be talking a lot about um, what would be called what we could call the Michael Douglas character who spans across at least a dozen of the actors films. We'll be focusing our conversation on three of his films, the 1987 Adrian Lyne film that more or less solidified his leading man status, Fatal Attraction, then the 1992 Paul Verhoeven film, Basic Instinct which launched Sharon Stone's career and for which Douglas received an unheard of 15 million dollar salary at the time. And then to close the 1994 Barry Levinson big budget picture disclosure which co-starred Demi Moore. You'll notice that the actresses while Michael Douglas got older and older, the the actresses actually got younger and younger. <laughs> all uh, right, all right. They didn't even right. stay the same. <laughs> They didn't even stay the same. Okay. Um, so all of these films have different directors, producers, screenwriters, and studios, but they look to Michael Douglas as a particular kind of man. And we could make the argument that it's essentially the same character in each film. These movies have also, to varying extents, been broadly read as conservative, as a conservative backlash to women in the workplace and the AIDS crisis, and as both parts affirmations of, uh, family values, and Nightmarescapes of white heterosexual masculinity. Fatal Attraction reflects a lot of the genre conventions of the already ongoing 80s erotic thriller, repurposing the tropes of film noir with softcore porn spliced with violence and sometimes graphic horror. It's also directed by Adrian Lyne, who made Nine and a Half Weeks and later Indecent Proposal and Unfaithful, all very much in this genealogy. Alex Forrest, played by Glenn Close, epitomizes the femme fatale of this genre as a highly sexualized career woman who turns out to be hysterical at a supernatural level. After having an affair with Dan Gallagher, the Michael Douglas character, while his wife and child are away for the weekend, Alex misunderstands what Dan calls, quote, the rules, and she becomes obsessed with him. By the end of Fatal Attraction... Alex has terrorized Dan and his family extensively. She has threatened suicide and blackmail, famously boils their daughter's pet rabbit, and also kidnaps their daughter and takes her on a roller coaster. Once Dan decides that Alex has gone too far, he goes to her apartment, notably in the meatpacking district, with the intent of murdering her. He begins to strangle her and then walks away, unable to fulfill the murder. Then later, Alex appears in his household, The doors are all locked, but she suddenly appears in the bathroom as Dan's wife, the incredibly beautiful and infinitely patient Beth, played by Ann Archer, is about to take a bath. While Dan believes he has killed Alex, drowning her in the bathtub, she rises, ghost in ghost-like form, only to be exterminated conclusively by Beth, who appears out of nowhere with a gun. Basic Instinct takes this formula and spins it. Instead of the villainized career woman who threatens the housewife through the loyalty of the husband, precisely through her inhabitants of the workplace, Sharon Stone's femme fatale figure is an author, and essentially her own boss, who becomes the prime suspect in a homicide case investigated by Nick, a detective of the San Francisco Police Department. At a certain point in the film, what?
0: Just police. Oh, the police. You're doing great. You know. Okay, at a certain point in
1: the film... Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Was that an involuntary reflex, as Michael Douglas would call it? Mm. At a certain point in the film, we begin to wonder if Stone's character, Catherine, is innocent, but this is always contingent on the guilt of another woman whose careerism takes priority over marriage. Nick has a tragic marriage in his past, while Catherine is a bisexual libertine, both of them fitting neatly outside of family values. In the end of the film, Nick and Catherine have reunited seemingly romantically with Nick speaking of his desire to procreate while we see the murder weapon, an ice pick planted beside the bed before it cuts to credits. And then we get to disclosure after basic instinct made a whopping 353 million at the box office, earning more than seven times its production costs. Disclosure was given a huge budget for its adaptation of a Michael Crichton novel, um, which is once again about the threat of women in the workplace. And at the outset, the Michael Douglas character, in this case named Tom, is married with children, happy at home and at work, as he develops a virtual reality database in a company he's presumed to be promoted in. But he soon learns he's been tossed aside, so that his boss, played by Donald Sutherland, can congratulate himself for, quote, breaking a glass ceiling and hiring Meredith, played by Demi Moore, who was once Tom's lover. The night of her hire, Meredith asks Tom to meet her in her office and coerces him into sex, after which he accuses her of sexual harassment. Um, you know, there's also a lot about virtual reality, and <laughs> um, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I asked Jasmine onto the podcast after I discovered, like we said, that she'd been watching erotic thrillers of the 80s and 90s and thinking a lot about the genre and its history and its politics. I wanted to know what she thought about Michael Douglas's particular status in this genre. It certainly goes far beyond him and begins way before um, he enters this genre scene. We could say that the long history of the genre begins in 1980 with Paul Schrader's American Gigolo or Lawrence Kastan's um, Body Heat, 1981. Um, this is a genre that defined the 80s and 90s. Something like the mainstreaming of graphic sexual representations after the mass release of straight up porn like Deep Throat and art house films like The Last Tango in Paris in the early 70s, which um, it spreads across pop culture by hiding in genres, most notably noir and thriller. So I'm excited to discuss, and that's my intro of all of these films. I wanted to kind of give that whole arc, though, so that we have more freedom bouncing around in our
0: discussion. Great,
2: well done. That was helpful.
0: Let's go to the chat. <laughs> so yeah, you have a question to ask, Jasmine, yeah? Madeline? Where
1: do you think these where do you think these movies fit into the longer history of the erotic thriller? Um, yeah.
2: So I think when you, I remember when we were talking about this and, um, there are so many erotic thrillers as you kind of know, it has a, a long lifespan. Um, but when you said the Michael Douglas trilogy, <laughs> I was really excited because like you mentioned before, he's kind of an archetype and he, um, he appears in many of these movies because he, he can play a certain kind of man. Um, I think that these three movies, Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, and Disclosure, are kind of this grab bag of the erotic thriller genre. You can kind of get a a pretty good idea of what the genre is about if you watch all three of these films. The first one is kind of at the beginning, as you mentioned. Um, There are erotic thrillers that come before that are worth watching and, and kind of typify the genre, but this is a good place to start because this was a major breakthrough it was a mainstream film it was a film that everyone wanted to see if not out of um because of the sex scenes that they were promised because they were curious about what this genre could be or what it was they were also curious about the stars glenn close and michael douglas um i think that it is it's a very well-made film And so as we go on in the genre, they get kind of less and less well made. They get lower (laughs) and lower budgets. They're not released into theaters. Um, and that kind of goes along with, um, the boom and home video. But this is, it's a great place to start because, um, you have all of the components of the erotic thriller. It's very, um, it's very exciting. There is, um, a pretty, for some, a hot sex scene. We can talk about whether or not it is that or not. Um, <laughs> there's danger. There are twists and turns. And um, I think what is important to remember about the erotic thriller genre is that you have sex and um, danger right up against each other. And that's kind of what typifies the genre. And you definitely have that with um with this movie. And then moving on, basic instinct, um, many critics have said that it's kind of the peak of the genre. And uh, to me, it's the most fun to watch because it's as if you threw all of the great and fun things about the erotic thriller into one basket. It's over the top. It's <laughs> There's more sex, more violence, more twists, more turns. Um, to me, it's the most in line with the noir genre, um, which is kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, where the erotic thriller gets its start, a lot of the uh, the tropes of the erotic thriller come from noir, and you can kind of see that um, that DNA in Basic Instinct, and it's my personal favorite um, because um, at the very beginning, you know exactly what you're going to get. The credit scenes are, are basically two people having sex right there in the credits, you know exactly what you're going to (laughs) get. And then you say, oh, why is there a special effects director? And then you go, oh, okay. That's because right away there's blood spurting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that you're going to get with every erotic thriller. And you're – I think it's the funniest, too, um, of all -hmm. of the movies, which – a lot of erotic thrillers going forward, and we'll see that in Disclosure, they become very self-serious and they forget that these are supposed to be fun. They forget the thriller aspect of it and they, you know, they become very boring. And that takes <laughs> us to Disclosure, which I think is... um it's not the end of the genre, but it's kind of um, a good place to kind of see when the genre was kind of dying out. It becomes very self serious. It's very boring. It's a message film mm-hmm. that, no- and it. I don't recommend it. But if you want to, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to understand what happens after something is kind of peaked, and then people say, "How can I tack on?" this agenda we'll call it to a genre that seems to be very popular that people want to see let's throw in a sex scene to get people in to see this movie and then but they don't really have the aims of that genre in mind so
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely so Um, i want to know about the trilogy Mm -hmm. is this was this an existing cultural thing that people refer to or is this one of you's creations?
2: (laughs) madeline because <laughs> i was kind of like the michael douglas trilogy what is that falling down uh... right,
0: right, right, right right wall street <laughs> right
2: right the game i guess yeah, everyone can yeah. make their own trilogy he's like about a thousand years old like <laughs> he has a long life
1: yeah well no i made it up i think i mean maybe somebody on reddit some said it somewhere because I was surprised that I made it up. It just seems like these three movies are a trilogy, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) um, but I did watch, um, I mean, I did mention that before, you know, there's a lot of films where this, this character reappears. Um, I recently preparing for this watched, um, a perfect murder, which is, uh, I don't know. Did you see that Dave? I haven't seen it. It's, it's terrible, but it's, it's similarly, it's a, a, Hitch, a Hitchcock. Um, mm. it's not just a reference, but an actual adaptation of Dial M for Murder. Oh, cool. Um, and it's pretty interesting in the end. Gwyneth Paltrow has to kill, uh, Michael Douglas in an, it's not quite like, um, citational of the fatal attraction end. But he is this kind of monstrous figure who has to be shot in the heart and um, in, in their home. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then she's free, right? Um, so, you know, but trilogies are more fun. It's more fun to think <laughs> about them. But it's this seven-year arc. It's a very interesting period, right? It starts in the Reagan era, then we get H-dub, and then it ends in the Clinton Years, you know, and so it's, these are pretty interesting, like movies to watch alongside each other, I think. And um I was interested, do you think that this is the same character, more or less in all of these films? Or is he different enough in, in <laughs> them? Because in this time, he did demonstrate he had some arc, right? Like 1987, or some range, excuse me, in 1987, um three months after Fatal Attraction, Wall Street comes out. He wins the Oscar for that. We also have Falling Down. Like we have a couple of these other kind of iconic roles for him. So I'm not trying to say he can only play one kind of character, but I think he
0: might can only play one. I don't even know. Like I've I've seen the game. I haven't seen Wall Street or Falling Down. Hmm. But like I honestly, after watching all three of these movies. I know he and Demi Moore are dog shit in Disclosure. I'm like, these <laughs> this, these are both terrible acting performances. Mm-hmm. And then it made me wonder, well, he has a real kind of – there's some real clippy scenes in Basic Instinct where he and Sharon Stone are really going back and forth. And she's pulling a lot of weight in those scenes. Yes,
2: obviously. Yes.
0: And then yes. in Fatal Attraction – there were some i, I mean it, <laughs> like I was genuinely titillated by some of these movies. Go like, on. And there were and there were and listen, we're gonna debate the sexiness of some Please. of these movies. Please. But like I it um it, it worked on me a little bit. You know what I mean? You're only human. fatal attraction, <laughs> Well, fatal, well, fatal attraction, it's the scene in the um, the <laughs> restaurant when they first meet, and yeah. she says she ca- mm. she did have plans. He's like, "What are you doing with no plans?" And she's like, oh, "I did have plans. I, that that was the call I just got. I canceled them." Does yeah, per. I was like, <laughs> I was like, "Yo, this is like, this feels like real adult human flirting, like the extreme end." <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, I was like, these are genuinely sexy things adults could say to each other that would be part of a like flirtation. A sure, you're right. And so I'm wondering yeah. I'm like I know the writing is better in Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct but I'm like I I can't tell mm-hmm. what he's doing as an actor. Like I I I just have no idea. Like he seems uh, you know and part of it is he cuz he seems slimy and he seems yes. you know archetypally male in a very retrograde way mm-hmm. and looking through his wikipedia mm-hmm. i'm like this motherfucker has lived like he, he's like he, even i was like i saw that there was a like you know sexual harassment claim against him and like not to belittle it but it was like the kind of thing where i'm like well, this guy's been in the public eye for 80 fucking years like, it's just <laughs> yeah. i want you know he's got an addiction stint he's got like he's just had all of it in the public eye Mm -hmm. and my question also Mm -hmm. we don't have to go to this right now is is he the most successful nepo baby of all time
1: Mm. well he's definitely a hundred percent nepo baby and it's important to note like his career really started as a producer Mm -hmm. he produced one flew over the cuckoo's nest won an oscar and it was a full you know over a decade before these movies happened and and this was the point where Hollywood decided, okay, he, after Fatal Attraction, okay, we can give these, give this guy movies, right? But, but it was Romance know, the Stone you know, that
0: like got him into that, right? He,
1: he got into the running, but then I think the sense was just like, it's so much about his chem- chemistry with Kathleen Turner, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, could he carry a movie on his own was the, was okay. the big question, as I understand it. And the studio wasn't really into Fatal Attraction or into him being cast in Fatal Attraction. In fact, it was supposed to be, um, Brian De Palma was going to direct it. And then he backed out because he didn't think that Michael Douglas was the right character, uh, right, the right actor for the character. So I don't know. He was seen as kind of a risk until after 1987. This was, absolutely the biggest year of his life was 1987. (laughs) Like you could argue that like Michael Douglas was always kind of like trying to live up to 1987 afterward, you know, but, um, yeah, he was seen as a Nepo baby because he had his daddy's money and was using it as a producer, but all he really wanted to be was an actor or maybe not all, but like he really wanted to be an actor and, um, um, he had a chip on his shoulder about his dad's legacy and these type of things. Like, yes, it opened a door so that he could, you know, actually win an Oscar for one flew over the cuckoo's nest, things like that. But he couldn't, he had to get himself into this leading man status. And it was, as I understand it, quite a struggle. And this is pretty late into his life too, if you think about it. I mean, he's in his forties for all these roles.
2: Yeah. Do you think he carries either? Or do you think he carries any of these films? I think that him playing off of Glenn Close no. and exactly and yeah, Sharon yeah. Stone is what makes that movie work. And in Disclosure, where Demi Moore is kind of barely in it, that's the worst of all three of the movies. So I don't know what does it mean for yeah. him to be and a she's leading. she's the man? worst
1: actress too. She's. Do you think so? Like, yeah, of, of every- the
2: three, for sure. I've never
1: thought Demi Moore was a good actress at all, honestly. But, you know, Glenn Close was just, like, brilliant and amazing. Yes. I mean, she was definitely um, the center of gravity of that movie. Absolutely. You know? and, and Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, for sure. I mean, she was mm-hmm. just, like, so aware of that movie's campiness, too, yes. in a way mm-hmm. that I – I don't think Michael Douglas was, you know, no. I mean, he was, he's self-serious to use your term, like throughout all of these movies. So that's the thing I'm interested in is like, I think the character is the same. We're, we're encountering him at different like life moments. Um, but the genre of each of these films is, is different based on lots of factors, but almost every other element is different, right? The writer, the director, the producer, the co-star, and the genre, I would say. But the character stays the same.
2: I really like that headcanon, and it, it scares me, because that means he's like this ancient evil that's growing in power from one moment <laughs> to the other until ultimately he has to be destroyed by the final boss. <laughs> Not until, Which is, like, when Paltrow
0: in the Yes,
2: <laughs> exactly. So I, I actually really like that. And he's just... Going through these women, I mean, if that's true, that he's going through – he's the same man in these different life moments. He is absolutely a monster. He is disposing of these women, like, left and right. And uh, it's terrifying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is he – like, whether you go – you pull all the way back and just go looks-wise or erase some of the personality traits and Mm. only keep the sexiest ones – Is there a world in which either of you find him sexy?
1: I was gonna ask that too, because I (laughs) do not find him sexy at all. I find him so gross and cringy. And like there's nothing he could do that I wouldn't experience as sexual harassment he's
2: just such a lech. yeah but if there's one thing he's gonna do he's gonna provide for his family (laughs) like he's going to work you're not gonna have to work he's gonna slam down a paycheck so if you find that hot ladies like he's your guy he's a he's like a 50s dad
0: (laughs) Mm, to me it's even
1: well I don't know anyone who finds him sexy I don't know anyone who thinks he's sexy that's right. so weird about him in these sexy movies. No one thinks he's sexy. I've never known anyone to think he's sexy. But he's always fact, the same age. I was talking to my grandma about this. Really? <laughs> he's always, what did yeah, she say? he's always the same age. My grandma doesn't think he's sexy at all. No.
2: Not even his voice. And like all his, his these movies, voice.
1: I think that's the only thing that um, he's working with at all. You know, and yeah. his daddy's cleft chin, right?
2: You didn't think the uh, the uh, the nudity in Basic Instinct where he shows his bare ass. You don't you don't like that, Madeline?
1: <laughs> Basic Instinct was really trying to make a strong case that yeah. The thing that's sexy about Michael Douglas is his butt. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was just not buying it. Well, the yeah. thing that's sexy
2: about him is that he will show his butt, right? Like he it's like he's, he'll be naked. So. Sharon Stone will be naked. Right. They are free. They are going at it. But he won't it. be They're that passionate. naked. No.
1: He'll just show his butt, and he had in his contract that he wouldn't show anything else.
0: <laughs> he never won so. sexiest man alive in People. Well, good, good. Well, um, but I, you know, I think what it is is like, because I definitely, uh, you know, you've you know people who are not like. You know, jacked or like the hottest, (laughs) but they are very sexual and they're kind of like always to like slither around (laughs) and like just, (laughs) you know, down to fuck. And (laughs) I think he maybe has that vibe. I think maybe that's what like you think so? Projected that maybe so. I I don't know. That's my guess. Cause I, to me, it's just like I see like kind of his skin always seems to like hang off him. He's like kind of like overly tan. He's, he's just, his voice is actually kind of like, you know, and I realized like, you know, a lot of these things are things he can't control, but (laughs) fuck him. He's richer than I'll ever be in my life. I don't, I don't feel bad, you know, making fun of
3: that. (laughs)
1: What's weird to me is his lips too. It's like, okay, I get that. Okay. (laughs) Fine. Kind of completely disembodied his butt. In those jeans in the in the scene on the beach with, with Sharon Stone.
2: I don't remember that scene. It's weird how you do, Madeline. Okay. I need him to have <laughs> I mean, go on. Like I don't I don't remember that. <laughs> Why don't you There's paint just a picture?
1: This, like, clear, like he's wearing these it's right after they've they've fucked for the first time and he's trying to like kind of weirdly look like Roxy. Yeah. You know? And who is um, Sharon Stone's lover, um, mm. who's a life partner too? Like they actually have a long history, whereas you know her the men in her life kind of come and go. Yes. Um, but anyways, he's kind of trying to look like Roxy, which I love this, and this is maybe <laughs> why I was so attentive to like how he was being dressed and things like mm-hmm. that. But he turns around. And you're you're supposed to, it's just like the naked scene with his butt, but that happens with Roxy, weirdly, before that. Um, mm-hmm. But you're supposed to see the butt walk away, and she's watching the butt walk away. Okay, so I'm noticing this. And I'm like, all right, fine. But this is all contingent on me not really coming to terms with the fact that this is Michael Douglas, because he's turned around. I don't have to see his face. Mm. I can just see his butt. And I can see, okay, I see that, okay? Mm-hmm. That's something that's going on here. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you can see the attraction? I'm seeing that they're trying very hard to frame it that way. Like, look, <laughs> he's got a great butt.
2: I'm that's like, such a pageant it seems like a answer. Stretch. Like, and- yeah. Pageant oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: answer. Oh, man. I really asked for it, like, inviting Jazz to the show.
2: No, but I I do hear okay. what you're saying. And no, I
1: it's, it's trying to make the case, okay? That's a, it's almost like they really need to cuz they're like why is like look at how beautiful Sharon Stone is. I mean, Sharon Stone, I mean I'm not even that into Sharon Stone, but I mean she looks like, you know, the pinnacle of, you know, Yeah. Yeah. She's banging. 90s yeah
0: blonde hotness right Her fucking hips in those sex scenes dude you're like damn <laughs> she's working dude this shit yeah let's
2: fucking... talk about the sex scenes please because okay, yes, those are yes. the best right. ones where she's kind of like in all of these movies like yes. passionate sex is where you get slammed like against a mm-hmm, wall yes. and your hair is about. like flinging yes and you're being grabbed and there's like liquids and
0: and (laughs) and a lot of arched
1: back furniture is like being thrown all over the place and things are breaking lots
2: of things breaking there's that scene in disclosure where michael douglas rips off meredith's panties and they just like rip like paper and he's holding the crotch in the air
0: (laughs) it would be amazing (laughs) to see a realistic version of that scene where he's like trying to do it and it kind of gets caught and she's like (laughs) Uh, uh, and he's like, hold on, hold on, you know, he's like yes. he's sitting and she's like, just take it, just take it. He's like, no, <laughs> you know, you're like, man, that would. Yeah, to see, that was no. the thing that I appreciated about <laughs> fatal attraction. Yes, when they walk like when when they walk from the kitchen to the bedroom with her legs wrapped around his hips, so yeah. you're like, is he still inside her?
2: Like, it doesn't maybe, matter. Women know. are having orgasms without any right. penetration; just the touch of a fingertip. They're screaming <laughs> at the top of their lungs.
0: That <laughs> was awkward. In Fatal Attraction, there was awkwardness, and I appreciated yeah. that. It was yeah, like, yeah. It, like very intentionally it was like kind of goofy. He had like a leg thing where he was like trying to get his pants off yes. from around his ankle. You're right. You're right.
2: But and that's I, an Adrian yeah. line thing, I think. I think yeah, that's the direction. Really? Yeah, because in nine and a half weeks, there is this. I don't know. The way he captures sex is a little bit different than like in disclosure or something like that. I think he knows that. It like you talked about how when they connected, that seemed like a real adult conversation, and I think here that there's that same realism where sex is a little awkward. Why can't we laugh a little? That's real sex, whereas in like disclosure or basic instinct, it's just like completely theatrical. It's kind. I think I don't know. Maybe this is a question for later, but I feel like in basic attraction, like um, he Verhoeven knows that it's supposed or basic. Yeah, he knows that it's supposed to be a little bit funny like there's still humor yeah, in it course, and it's yeah. comedy yeah
1: but disclosure is made by uh barry levinson who yeah never made a sexy he's not sexy barry levinson is not he's never made anything sexy he's not sexy <laughs> <laughs> And it's a Michael Crichton novel. It's like it's like, it's like the yeah. year that that it's a year after Jurassic Park came out. It's like, I don't know what this this is, but this is not sexy. You don't
2: think? So? No, it's not. It's no. really not.
0: Another thing about the sex, though, is mm-hmm. and and this ties into uh, Michael Douglas's. Uh, I I don't know if the, if this is just an instinct in him. If it's <laughs> revealing anything about him as a person. But the Michael Douglas character mm-hmm. loves sucking on titties. He does. <laughs> like in a way that I feel like even if sex now we're in a very like ass-centered area. I've been era. saying
2: this. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> what,
0: do people not agree?
2: They don't agree. Let's dog that. Let's let's circle right back around.
0: <laughs> people people say that shit all the time. I mean, Fucking people talk about Thank eating you. ass all the time. That's Gen
2: Z though. And Madeline calls me an ancient millennial so I'm not supposed to understand. You're a geriatric millennial. <laughs>
0: ancient, geriatric. Mi- ancient millennial is the millennial that's always existed in period. Yes. A like Michael
2: Douglas. I am right. yes. I've always been here.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, really I think millennials fuck with some 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 ass play.
2: I don't, I don't know, know what they do. I
0: but I, th- I don't okay. want to get into this.
2: So, I,
1: <laughs>
2: I told you what did i say at the top of this i said that i was a pervert and that's why i was watching these
0: yeah <laughs> madeline would like to take a very prim marxist feminist look at all these <laughs> um, no I think oh god the, I, it just was amazing to me because i'm like this is not the way they would film sex in 2023 if uh, You know, and maybe now's the time to talk about if these yeah, sure. are sexless, but like if they did film sex in 2023, like it would not look like this. And it's so like frequent, like he does it a lot. He's like, he's like grabbing on these things. He's like sucking on <laughs> these nipples and he's like very like, I don't <laughs> know. True. I was, I couldn't tell if I was like, dude.
2: I it's think you're just fixated elsewhere. on maybe we we see in erotic thrillers the things that we like, Dave. I don't know. No. no, no. <laughs> hey, I would be Madeline saw her. the ass. You're seeing the boobs. I don't know. And I, I won't say no, 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 what no, no, I saw. No, 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 no. That's no, 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 no. a secret. I don't, I'm
0: not a good guy, okay? I'm in touch with the times. <laughs> you know, fucking call me big Sean, because ass, 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 ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh my yes, they <laughs> did. But uh,
2: I but that. I just thought
0: it was it it just stuck out as like so Yeah, so strange. But do you think and that that's
2: because in Basic Instinct and in these other movies, Michael Douglas is portrayed as someone who cares about female pleasure. He's not just like a pig who's like um well he is a pig well, with bat. No, but he 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 goes down on the Sharon Stone True. character. But and I was like shocked by that because I was like, oh, okay.
0: But
1: That was actually the clencher for the NC-17 rating. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. for the theatrical release at the time, apparently they could show all sorts of things, including the famous shot, the vagina shot in Basic Instinct. But even the implication that he was going down on Sharon Stone, they had to cut out for an R rating.
2: I think that's interesting. It is very interesting. So, I
1: think a lot of the stuff about breasts... Actually, like, we need to think historically about, like, yeah. A, the actresses' contracts at the time and also the MPAA. Like, what wasn't, wasn't okay? And I think, like, there was a real, like, it was fine to show tits, you can show boobs. And actresses were, you know, famously very pressured to show their boobs, have that part of their contract. Yeah. And that there were these incredibly, I mean, it was a big deal that Douglas showed his, but, but, and even now it feels like a big deal, but all of these actresses show way more than butt, you know? They do. And so there's an interesting, like, disproportionate kind of uh, issue there that we're seeing. And I think that that's part of the boob craze.
2: Do you think that, that it's standing in, though, for, since, they, like you said, um, showing, like, going down on a woman would up the rating and less make it less marketable. So they focus on that to show that he, again, like he does care about their pleasure. He's a good lover. He's good at sex. Even at, the, there's like this line in Fatal Attraction where he asks her in bed, was it good? And he, she says, yes. And he says, oh, thank God. And then my wow. favorite scene in Basic Instinct is when, um, you brought it up earlier, Madeline, where they're talking on the beach. And it to me, it's the most hilarious scene <laughs> where he's basically yes. asking her, you know, was it good for you? Did you like it? um and because roxy had been watching and she's like roxy has seen everything and he says well maybe roxy has seen something she's never seen before
1: mm-hmm.
2: and jaron zone just laughs at him like i don't know and he says that's my favorite well, scene it's so it's i was screaming <laughs> it was hilarious because yeah. he thinks that he's really good in bed he says that she's the, the fuck century. of the century yes and she's like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. which I no she one says wants it's to a good, hear.
0: She was like, "It's a good start. It's
2: a good start." But the way they film the sex, it's like it's not just him like hammering into her. They're they're re He's really trying to pleasure her, and I think that's the same thing in Fatal Attraction. Disclosure, that's a different thing because it's,
1: it's not a even rape a sex scene. scene.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not
1: a sex scene. Yeah, there's no, no sex in the movie, but it's, it's most- filmed
2: as though it is. It's very lurid. It's supposed to be right. sexy, but that's weird and
1: something else the yeah. and also like the film poster for disclosure is the sexiest that's an interesting thing to look at is like it's the the, the most yeah. sexless or like anti-sex i agree but it was like pr- being promoted as as this you know continuation of this genre right mm-hmm. and i think it i think it's just a completely different kind of kind of movie yeah um,
2: and that's why it's at the tail end, and it doesn't really fit in with these. It's like it's an erotic thriller, but it one it's about something else. But he just yeah. kind of said, "Oh, I'll I'll use this genre to tell this story that I want to tell." But I'm not really interested in what an erotic thriller is.
1: So, what are some films that you would say are like after this in the erotic thriller? For a, you know, like uh, what's the bigger picture? You're right that this isn't when it's over, but there is something that's like. Wah, wah. about disclosure it it is over and stuff that's happening afterward is either derivative or nostalgic in some way so like I don't know what what are some of the where do you think it ends or does it I mean it's still going on I guess but what are some later pictures of this genre
2: I think that um, some critics say that it's eyes wide shut Yeah, and I Mm. I think I I don't know if I agree with that, because there are definitely things like um, like The Handmaiden, but that's like a Korean movie. Or there are, I would say that like, um, these things, you've said this before, Madeline, that a lot of these things have moved to TV. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and she was talking about how these things became Lifetime movies. There are lots of erotic thrillers on Lifetime. That's their bread and butter. So it never really went away. People still really like to watch them. And, um, when we're talking about these movies, um, they're about, like, affluent white people. A lot of these movies are about heterosexual, like, um, white anxiety for men, whatever. But then there are all of these thrillers that came later, erotic thrillers that, um, have all black casts. So, like, Deliver Me from Eva, or, um, things that got remade that had white casts before, but are made, like, with Beyonce. And so they're made with all black casts, and they have a completely different audience. They don't go to the theater. Um, they go to, like, they go to streaming or something because they have a completely different audience. So, the artic thriller never went away. Like, um, people like to watch them. They're fun. Um, I think what went away is that they're not considered, um, you were talking earlier about high art and low art. And I think now they're just – after Disclosure, everyone kind of understood that these are trashy movies. They went to home video. They have low budgets. You don't get Sharon Stone anymore. You don't get Glenn Close anymore. You don't get Michael Douglas. You get unknown actors. Um, Mm -hmm. It goes to home movies. You go to streaming. But it's still still there. People really like them. Go to Lifetime. Go to BET. Mm -hmm. They're still there.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if, like, the, I haven't seen Power, but, like, yes. uh, certainly, like, Empire has yes. some of this shit in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that rings true. Would you say Double Jeopardy with Ashley Judd and Tommy Lee Jones?
2: I haven't seen that one.
0: I so That's one I remember seeing as a kid, and I don't even remember if there was much sex in it, but I know Ashley Judd was topless, and that was a the, – the thing that stuck out to me watching these movies, I was like – If I were 14 watching these movies, these would absolutely be, as a friend of mine likes to say, formative boners.
2: Absolutely. And when I talk to like people that are around our age, ancient millennials, (laughs) um, what they remember is that these were movies where, because they were on TV, maybe they started off in the theater, but then they were on cable. And so mm. when I say, Oh, have you seen Fatal Attraction? have you and they go, No, but I've seen that scene. My rewind button was, you know, getting worn out. <laughs> you could you could rush in and see maybe you could catch a glimpse on like, oh, it's a free weekend for HBO. Everyone mm-hmm. is aware of these movies when they're a person of a certain age because um pornography wasn't that accessible. So if you were going to see sex, this is about ex- as explicit as you can get without yeah. um, really searching it out. You're not going to hop on your phone and go to Pornhub. So everyone is kind of aware of these movies. And when I ask people about their favorite erotic thrillers, everyone has an answer. <laughs> and because, right, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think that's something, you know, we were talking about. So let's talk about this, like, idea that there's no sex in the movies anymore. On the one hand, I agree. Um, sex has gone somewhere else, into porn and... Into- it's it's everywhere all the time, and so it doesn't need to be snuck into these genres in yes. the same way. So Fatal Attraction is, I mean, the ultimate example of this. It is high art. It's coded as high art. It has the, you know, um, Madame Buff- Butterfly referentiality. Right, it has all of, these, right. all of these things going on, and Glenn Close supposedly, like, Came to terms with its fucked upness by telling herself, like, this is like a Greek tragedy. Yes. Um, and so it has all of these prestige elements, right? That then become, you know, totally mainstreamed mm-hmm. by disclosure, but still it's sneaking in the sex through other into, into the Michael Crichton genre, you know, it's like virtual <laughs> right. reality, like
3: law firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah she's in the system like that you know
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so like i think there there is something very paradigmatic about that where you know this is whether in movie theaters or our experience of it as geriatric millennials is like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the the blockbuster aisle right like mm-hmm. so i hadn't seen um any of these but fatal attraction uh before our little assignment but I can in my mind see the, you know, the video case of mm-hmm. all of these
0: movies. I mean, and they all kind of all like, of these movies. They have a central <laughs> right? part like a vagina, like to be honest. Like the disclosure in the in the uh, poster. Yeah, the disclosure mm. poster has two white parts on the outside, mm. and then an inner like darkness. The basic instinct poster—they're all the, about the fatal the attraction—is right. a is a tear in the middle, and the basic instinct poster <laughs> is similarly like there's t- man. It, these are like vaginal <laughs> posters. It's like what lurks yeah, in yeah. hidden in the folds of you know.
2: Well, male Do you anxiety. you remember the cover to Jade?
0: <laughs> yeah. I know.
1: Jade is, like, explicit, though. I remember mm. seeing that when I was a kid and just being, like, scandalized. It wasn't <laughs> behind the, you know, the velvet curtain room or whatever, you know, the adult <laughs> section. Yeah. Um It was just in the main section because it was a, quote, thriller. And so I think that's how these, and it was R-rated, right? And so I think that's how these movies operated and why they really left such an impression on us. In and are basic they're just terrible movies, but it doesn't even matter, right? And <laughs> it doesn't for the matter. most part, right? Um and I think that's different. I think it's also that they at the time, in the night in the late eighties, there was an idea that the main people who are buying movie theater tickets are um hetero couples on dates, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now the understanding is the people who are buying tickets are teenagers. So all of the major blockbusters movies, are PG-13. Well, all of the major <laughs> blockbusters are PG-13. Really? And and that was really figured out in the 90s. And there aren't a lot historically, um, you know, at all R-rated blockbusters. Um, but some of these are. These are exceptions. They're um, of quote-unquote adult movies that <clears throat> made tons of money. Um, but other than that, like, looking at, you know, Disclosure versus Jurassic Park the year before, um, there's a certain formula that, that got tapped into by then. Now that's all we get are these PG-13 Marvel franchises yeah, I, and things I, I like that. Yeah, I find it hard
0: you know? to argue that movies aren't sexless now like where is the sex in movies now like i
1: don't think that there's anything in movies anymore though i mean i don't think it's just about (laughs) sex and i i think we can find plenty of streaming series that are that have sex that have interesting things to say about sex
0: but i think Um, streaming series like i don't i don't think pretending that every like filmed media anything on a screen is necessarily the same you know, That's like true. I think it does matter. I mean, d- 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 post COVID happening, it does, you know, complicate things with like what's in a theater and how theaters even contribute to making money. Mm-hmm. So that that matches it together a little bit. But like, yeah, I think it's different. Like, what has gone to a theater versus what is sure in the on Netflix versus the even more discreet version, which is like on Jasmine said on Pornhub on your phone. I I guess my argument would be that it's all just more compartmentalized. Yeah, because I was surprised. Like some of the conversations at at, Disclosure was just such a rough movie. (laughs) I I would I would argue that it's not boring because well yeah okay it's very fascinating to talk about it is but like but but the but if you weren't going to talk about it would you watch it? well right like if you weren't going to talk
1: about it would you watch it no of course i don't know but uh but the
0: the the conversations about privilege about white being the white male that you always think i am (laughs) i'm like i it i honestly was like damn they were having these conversations in 92 or 94 or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and like and and i think now those conversations are happening in Think pieces and journalism, but it's all very like split off from, and also this dude's sucking a titty in the in the <laughs> office. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, that's what I want to talk about. Like, okay, so all of these are. I like, I feel very skeptical of this whole thing. There's no sex anymore anywhere. Kids these days don't like sex. Blah blah. Why blah, blah, though? Blah. Why are you? I don't sex? know if that's yeah. the
2: argument that they don't like sex. I
1: think it is. I think there's well, there, this bullshit there about yeah, yeah. That it's a sexless generation, and you um, think about it differently. Maybe, and I, I. Well, I hope you do, but I think that's bullshit. I think it's bullshit to, to say to say that. And yeah, I do too. I, I think you've already demonstrated that um, that you, sex is other places besides the movies. It's not that it's disappeared.
2: But there is something to be said of having a conversation. Of everyone's going to see this movie. Have you seen Fatal Attraction? Have you seen it? And people are gathering to. There aren't movies like
1: that anymore. No,
2: not at all. And like um, Dave said earlier. There aren't movies like that anymore. Yeah, having a movie that's an adult. I was thinking the other day, where are all of the movies? I want to go to the movies and I want to see an actual movie. I I like comic books. I like all. I really do. I'm like deeply into that like subculture but sometimes i, I want to see man, a movie I'm about adults.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I want to see adults having a conversation. I want to see adults having sex. I don't want to see like CGI characters like fly around like where where is that? And i think that's what we're saying when we're saying there's no sex in movies.
1: Oh, absolutely. There's like there's just a not there's not a lot of a lot of things is is all i would say. Yeah. In addition to it, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it also reeks to me of a post MeToo bash backlash. Yes, and mm-hmm. I wanted to bring mm-hmm. that back. Yeah, the thinking about backlash because, um, kind of in the middle of this arc between eighty-seven and ninety-four, we have not quite in the middle, but we have Susan Faludi's best-selling book, "Backlash: The Undeclared War on uh, on American Women." And it comes out, yeah, in 1990. In one of the really important chapters of it, she's actually talking about, um, basically what we would call now like the men's rights yes. celebration of <laughs> um, of Fatal Attraction,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that that wasn't an intentional um thing, right? No, it does not seem. It does not seem that that was the plan.
2: No, right, it, right. But
1: it was um, for the studio, like uh, a welcome discovery, right? But the the actors and and Adrian Lyon, like, well, I wouldn't. I think actually, Michael Douglas, he seemed a little bit proud of the, proud of the success of it, and made some remarks. I'm happy to to read to you all about feminism, but um, one of yeah, the he's things one of that our one leading of these, thinkers
0: about feminism.
2: Yeah, Isn't absolutely. Me? Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, in the, in the chapter, Faludi writes on, on this movie, it actually starts with this scene from, um, the Century 21 theater in San Jose. That's completely packed in the evening, and it's six weeks into the film's release. And men are yelling things. They're standing at their feet, yelling at the screen, saying, punch the bitch's face in, kick her ass, beat that bitch, kill her off now. And Faludi left and she goes into the, um, into the lobby of the theater and interviews the high school student who's working the Coke machine at the theater. And the student tells her, I don't really get it. It's very weird. And admitted that she would often quote, sneak into the theater in the last 20 minutes of the movie to see all these men screaming while the women are all just sitting there real quiet. And this is the scene that was happening. It was going on for, for, uh, what I understand to be actually months, you know, when this movie came out. And, um, <clears throat> this is horrifying, right? And it's an interesting, like, question of genre interpretation. So, um, they thought they were making one movie and then it was picked up for these political purposes for, Something unexpected, as I said. So, some of the some of the critics kind of talked about. So, Janet Maslin says it was a soap opera of exceptional power. Joanna Steinmetz says that it was baroque and ranging from horrifying to humorous. And Jonathan Rosenbaum said, while bill as a romance and a thriller, the film strictly qualifies as neither, appealing, appearing excuse me, appealing to our prurience, guilt hatred and dread. So it is a really interesting movie genre wise, like, um, clearly it has something that it's it's trying to do. It's trying to be Baroque. It's at least Glenn Close was bringing, bringing into that last scene, which was famously reshot because people didn't like the the ending before it was she, like, killed no. herself.
0: Way and, more over the top. And yeah. he was responsible for it, but then he was uh, exonerated. As opposed to, like, now we're going to let her get fucking killed. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah.
2: There's a terrifying quote from a Paramount executive that st- it says – um, when they were market tested testing this, they wanted us to terminate the bitch with extreme prejudice. <laughs> right, right,
3: right. right.
2: <laughs> so they didn't want yeah. Michael Douglas to have any culpability at all in what happens to Glenn Close's character Alex. And I find the movie kind of sad in that way. She really wanted to bring um, like yeah. a sympathetic light to her. He really wanted she to give her dimension, but they did not want her that at all. That to be that at all. They wanted her to be like a poltergeist or something and not well, it a person.
0: Has, <laughs> it is in some ways a slasher movie. Yes, it's exactly. absolutely
2: a slasher movie. At the end,
0: she like comes like <laughs> uh, out <laughs> yeah, of the the Yeah, the she's water. supernatural. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the scream fake out you know of or like even the, the way she appears in
2: the mirror way. you know that's yeah. very creepy right. it's something from right. the horror genre she, and where did she come from she just it's like this apparition that comes mm-hmm. out yeah. of the wall or something mm-hmm.
1: they definitely demonstrate that they're worried about her coming in and they've done things to make sure she won't come in and she still comes in
2: and right? she still well, comes in so.
0: he like does, they have like all these locks on the doors but then there's like one door that he Forgot to lock or something? Well, it's he's like, eating I a
2: fruit so. roll-up and he's kind of hanging out. Right. Meanwhile, oh, yeah, his, his wife, his wife is fighting for her life upstairs. I
1: know. Well, anyways, I, I just want to kind of make the point that this uh, this movie was definitely a genre experiment. It did not... It, it, there are different points in the production process where they thought they were making different kinds of movies. Right, right, right. Right, <laughs> yeah. right throughout. And, and then, even if they had... A sense of what the movie was when they released it, what it turned out to be in the cultural phenomenon around it was not predicted. And, um, you know, at least Glenn Close has, you know, very publicly kind of grappled with that. And um, I appreciate that. Basic Instinct seems to very much know what... It is. <laughs> and I think that's a really important distinction, at least for me, to draw out between these movies. It knows what it is, and it's gotten to a point with this genre, if it's a, a consistent one at all, where it can kind of mess around with it more knowingly and winkingly. Um, but that's just my read
0: on it.
2: I think you're right. And I think that Verovan – I mean he did RoboCop and um Yeah.
0: Total Recall. Yeah, and, uh, and Super I, Troopers especially.
2: He knows yeah. how to wink. He definitely has that sense of humor and fun. And um I think the fun gets lost. I think people lost sight of the fact that these can have a sense of humor, that they can wink, that the the sex can be funny, that it can that it can be entertaining and it doesn't have to have um Again, we come back to this thing about high and low art, and I think Basic Instinct kind of like Madeline called it camp before, and I think that's spot on, and that's what camp does.
0: I really wanted Basic because I had also never seen any of these movies before. Yeah, I really wanted Basic Instinct. I think I want Verhoeven to be a more woke like dude than he is, and okay. I want I want all of his shit because like RoboCop is like very like
2: i love robocop yeah it really (laughs) really
0: undermines like the militarization of police and the fucking uh military industrial complex and it's funny (laughs) yeah and it's funny and so i'm like i'm like Verhoeven is a is a righteous anti capitalist anti American (laughs) war machine filmmaker, and he definitely is not. Dream a little dream. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I think Basic Instinct is like way more straight down the middle than I, I kind of expected it to be blown up even more. I definitely think it is heightened and you know arch, but yeah, I was surprised how um how straight it was played in in certain moments
2: these are pretty conservative movies like i think yeah um, in a way so
1: basic instinct also had a really complicated production history and there were protests happening during this so it's it's important to see this as you know this is the year after silence of the lambs and gay rights protesters are just Fed up with the facts that the only representation they get at all in films is as serial killers, right? Um, so they catch word of just the, the plot of this movie and start protesting it. So it's kind of interesting to think about Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone, et cetera. They're arriving to their workplace, having to basically cross picket lines, <laughs> not really like actual official picket lines, but having to go through all these protesters on their way to work each day they changed the script quite a bit so there was a lot of i think this is like a great example maybe even the example of like 90s bi panic yeah um that bisexuality isn't real so i'm forgetting who it was it might have been verhoven who even said this in defense of the film um to these gay rights protesters she isn't gay She's half gay and half straight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right down the line. Mm. It's like a pizza with pepperoni <laughs> yeah. on one side. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um so there's this really interesting anxiety about about her bisexuality um which is, you know, a weird spec there's a weird as in all of these AIDS is everywhere and nowhere to be seen, right? Like the the danger of sexuality is everywhere. AIDS is never mentioned. And we know that she has sex with men and women who are bisexual. She's in this queer, you know, um, disco scene. I don't know what, what we call this. Like, what, yeah,
3: club? I love that scene. <laughs> that scene
2: is club? so good. Where Roxy is kind of doing this with her head. She's moving her head back and forth so she never loses sight of that. Uh, yes. I know. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a nature documentary. It was really good. Something.
2: And Michael but, yeah, Douglas does not belong in a club. He was uh, not He was looking like a Kind doll, pretty stiff.
1: Was- so anyways, afterward, he like brags about how he didn't use a rubber, right? So there's yes. these weird like moments like that where... And he obviously doesn't in Fatal Attraction. That, like because-
2: I, I had that in my notes. Like geez. if they're having such an adult conversation, which I think you're right, Dave. Like they are. But why, if they're just having no strings attached to sex, they're being very, very frank. They cut straight to the chase. Why isn't there any conversation about like, hey, are you on birth control, condoms? What are we doing here? Yeah, like yeah. it's 80s. It isn't
1: safe. Like there's no th- there's this is the era of sex of safe That's sex never and there's safe. no. Sex that's safe, you know? I mean, I think that's, like, the thing in all of these films.
2: I think that's the but thing with erotic thrillers sex? in general. Right,
0: right, right. Is it, that's what I'm trying to – I'm curious about that, just because I'm not as, like, tapped into AIDS panic and, like, not up to – like, not educated enough on, like, that sort of history. Is the idea that these movies play into AIDS panic because, uh, because any sort of promiscuity – is related to AIDS because any sex that's not like heterosex sex within a marriage, people associate with AIDS. Is that the idea? Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: AIDS, and then like we get this with um, so so it is AIDS, but it can never be said as AIDS right, in any right, of right, these right. things, right? And so we have pregnancy in the first one, right? Mm-hmm. That she becomes
0: pregnant, and that's the you know, thing. They're She's even willing like to talk about abortion, woman. but. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. a career woman. She's, like, so put together and smart. And then she just melts. Her whole brain and senses are just like, where did this person come from?
1: Yeah. None of the women in these movies get to be stable entities, right? Like, he gets to be this, this thing throughout that's very consistent. And they're just... Changing to whatever they need to be for the plot, <laughs> like
2: well, the wives are very sense. stable. The wives are at home they're they're taking they're yeah. keeping things stable for him. The reason why he's off to go but on they're these not adventures, real they're not real <laughs> at all. they're ironic, yeah, yeah, that's kind like they of- don't get any
1: dimensions,
2: no, yeah, right.
0: but that's kind of what makes these uh, as acting performances that's kind of why. Glenn Close and Sharon Stone are so much the center of gravity of these movies because they're so like, oh God, unmotivated yeah. and wild if you're looking at the script. But performance wise, that's why they get to run circles.
2: They get a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: They do. It's true, it's true. But it doesn't it doesn't make sense narratively why why I mean, yeah, let me just zoom out for a minute. It doesn't make any sense at all why any of these women want to have anything to do with Michael Douglas.
2: Why is Glenn close? Why is Alex... Wh- Alex and Beth are fighting over Michael Douglas. I What? The scene that I find, like, I was screaming because I was disgusted, is the scene where he tells her, Beth, is that her name, the wife in Um Fatal Attraction, about his affair and he's like i've alex called and he's like i've told her everything and then he puts her on the phone and alex is like why would i want to talk to her and i'm like we're thinking the same thing and she's the one who threatens him why are we fighting over this guy what's so great about michael douglas i don't don't get it
0: like you said a stable paycheck (laughs) (laughs) he's in business all his jobs are like except for he's wearing a suit (laughs) yeah it's like he does business. And he Disclosure business. even, like, triples down on, like, trying to put in details of his fake, weird computer manufacturing job. Like,
2: <laughs> it's so <"Dog."> boring. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's so boring. His, <laughs> his CD-ROM. His cd CD-ROMs <laughs> need to go faster, and the dust needs to be, <laughs> the, like, shut
2: up. Like, what was he talking about? Like, I, know, I don't I know. know. We do know that uh, Meredith put down a labor dispute. <laughs>
3: yes,
2: like yes. When they were putting together these things with their bare hands. It's, she really is a villain. Like they made yeah. that very
0: clear. She is. I also wanna just say, like, I know this this doesn't fit into our like the main point here, but god damn, the that kid in Fatal Attraction is legitimately oh. one of the greatest child acting performances that i have ever that kid
1: is so cute
0: she's so good i really liked the kid's haircut ellen ellen yeah she she acts like an actual kid like she has like this weird back and forth with him that's like it's not like super performative over the top kid acting it's just like
2: Dad, what are you talking Regular. about? It's just yeah. this
0: weird stuff. Yeah. Compare that dog. to
2: the scene in Disclosure where the kid yes. says at the end, I never oh believed God. what they said about you, Daddy. I was like, when did anybody tell you about any of this? <laughs> exactly. this, is, this is
0: Friday. <laughs> This
2: because they have Wait, that weird <laughs>
0: disclosure. They have those weird title cards in yeah. disclosure. Totally <laughs> yes. unnecessary that it's yes. like Monday through Friday. If the movie <laughs> was called Five Days, okay, that makes more sense. But no. it's just like so on Friday. This this <laughs> three year old is saying, "I never believe what they said about."
2: When did anybody tell her? Were they talking school. about on the playground? Yes. Okay, she's school. not a
1: three year old though. She's reading his emails. I she's know, like but nine. it's
2: just it's horrible. I'm I not
0: eight or nine. That
2: is eight. She's, she's a little bit older. She's a little bit older
1: okay listen to me dave if she was six she would not be able to read those emails she's precocious so you're giving this movie the
0: credit of saying (laughs) that uh, i just think it would be hard to find a child actor who could who could read those bigger words there's like multi-syllabic words madeline she's literally delivering lines she's not Mm. reading. no but they're (laughs) big words they're big words that's the whole thing with child actors, they're precocious.
2: That's We're what makes find them annoying. Out. I'm <laughs> going to old gonna, f- that I'm gonna kid I'm going to find was.
0: out how old this kid. Okay. This kid. Was.
1: But I I completely I, com- <laughs> I completely agree with all these things. So, I want to talk about um okay, a few things, but Michael Douglas's Deep V in um, Basic Instinct. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, actually two Deep Vs. He has two Deep Vs in it. <laughs> And how is that not funny when that's happening? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, when he shows up in a deep V, how are you not supposed to laugh? That's the thing because I don't he's understand. sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's just I—I I really you're supposed a, to think
2: he's sexy, and it's just not doing so. it for anyone. But
1: I guess so. That's yeah. what the
2: wardrobe is saying. <laughs> you put it pretty aptly when you said, "This is what the movie's trying to do. This is what the movie's telling us. This is the text, but it's not really." <laughs> we're not know, really exactly, picking up exactly. what he's putting down like at all
1: <laughs> but um yeah basic instinct you know it had all of these complications during its production it had these political protests mm-hmm. um the writer famously like split with verhoeven and said you know i i agree with these problems these gay rights activists are bringing up etc i'm using gay rights activists as a term I wouldn't use then or now, but it it was how they were described then. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but all throughout the criticism of the film, uh, positive and negative, like the question is, is this exploitation or exploitative? It's a very seventies kind of film in these regards. Like Mm -hmm. it's bringing up the same kind of anxieties. So, um, Stanley Kaufman, in the New Republic, said it's just one more dunk in the slime pit of exploitation. <laughs> Jay Carr of the Boston Globe called it slick, trashy, blatantly manipulative.
2: That's a compliment. Um,
1: but ultimately decided it was a thriller. Mm-hmm. But th- that was a kind of question. Variety called it grade A pulp fiction. Peter Travers at Rolling Stone called it horny for pups of all ages who relish the memory of reading stroke books under the covers of the <laughs> flashlight. There Did you say pups? Like... Pups, yeah. So... <laughs> that's what Travers said also, but you know, it's like
2: What's a stroke book? Bu- Ew
1: <laughs> That's n- that's a nostalgic element. But the is that like a porn fiction... bag? It's like I pulp guess fiction, so. right? Mm. Like Okay, gotcha. uh, Pulp fiction being, you know, something that's saying it's one genre, like a Western or a crime thriller. But, you know, every 20 pages there's some sex scene and, you know, there's women who come in and they're just always described by their voluptuousness and and things like that, right? Highly descriptive. Yeah, so there's something kind of interesting about – The nostalgia of Basic Instinct that I wanted to talk about. I don't think that's going on in Fatal Attraction. I don't think that's going on in Disclosure. But Basic Instinct has all sorts of nostalgic elements. It's also extremely Hitchcockian, has like the soundtrack is like deeply vertigo. Uh, Sharon Stone looks like a spitting image of Kim Novak in Vertigo. There's all of these great, you know, uh, Golden Gate Bridge kind of shots that and, you know, trailing around through San Francisco shots that that feel like vertigo. Um, Jean Triplehorn's apartment is very rear window, like you see through her apartment window, um, the profile of another apartment building and there's a dance instruction scene, which is like. In rear window, the, the apartment that Jimmy Stewart has kind of a direct vantage on is this dancer who's always kind of practicing her routines. And so there's interesting stuff that's going on there cinematically, nostalgically. It's not thinking of itself necessarily of a time, or if it is, it's a very pastiche sense of like what the early nineties is. Um, I think that's what is really different about it. Um, from both of these movies. Like I think Fatal Attraction is like deeply embedded in Reagan era, sex panic, AIDS crisis, um, post women's lib kind of recuperation, anxiety about women in the workplace. It's like a retort to nine to five or something, <laughs> you know, like there's really interesting stuff about that. Disclosure is um, <clears throat> and. and I'm just going to jump ahead to talk about this, but like I'm very compelled by, um by Karina Longworth, who's the, you know, the podcaster of you must remember this, the f- film historian who's covering this in the last two seasons of, of her podcast has uh talked about how in disclosure, Michael Douglas has basically become Bill Clinton, right? So, Basic instinct comes out the year of the presidential elections. People are just becoming aware of who Bill Clinton really is when basic instinct comes out. Disclosure is all about this man who he has a past, but he's trying to move forward from it. Won't we just let him like rehabilitate himself? <laughs> you know, like his wife says, you know, give him a break. Well, I knew he was an-. his wife says, like, I knew she was your ex girlfriend, but that's like, um, a list as long as the white pages or something like that. You know, like he has a past just like the Nick character in basic instinct, but unlike Nick, he has gotten over it. He's quit smoking. He's done all those things. He's, he's clean. Um, and, uh, there's a desire for him to be able to reform himself. That's like really compelling. Maybe that last movie.
2: But he gets but the blowjob that- just like Bill Clinton, and that's what his wife is really fixated on. I like, I had what does she say? The line where she's like, It's hard for me to discuss this when my husband had like his dick in some woman's mouth 24 hours earlier or something. Right. Maybe he is Bill Clinton. I don't know.
0: But <laughs> are we saying that Cl- he was Clinton in the public's mind at the time? Because that shit didn't really come out. Until like the ninety seven, ninety eight. And No,
1: that's not true, dude, because we already knew about Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones. There are these other things that he he was able to kind of move past based on these um appeals to this kind of Michael Douglas sensibility that we see in disclosure. So
0: you're saying but that when- was like super public before the Lewinsky stuff? Because I don't Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. Okay. Okay. It was. Word. People Word. knew about he was he was he already had um well established reputation before sure. he was elected. Okay. Um he was able to get past those things and um rehabilitate himself, get elected. He he had, had multiple scandals, quote unquote, under his belt, you know, by the time of Lewinsky. It was not surprising to anyone by okay. the time that Lewinsky happened, gotcha, okay,
2: but he's someone who I think it's interesting that like the sher what's her name the Sharon stone character in basic instinct she's someone who is not punished for having sex outside of like a marriage outside of um i don't know she' has sex with men and women, she's not punished in fact, like she lives to kill another day. Alex is punished. <laughs> Alex is definitely punished in both yeah. versions of the. But then, I guess if both versions Michael of the end, right? yes, of the end. Yeah. If Bill, Cli- yeah. if Michael Douglas's character is Bill Clinton, I don't know. Maybe he's Bill Clinton is someone who who lived, who stepped outside of his marriage and was able to, um, to yeah, either survive. way, he, gets he wasn't away punished. With it. Yeah, he yeah. gets away with it.
0: So in Fatal Attraction, he gets to go back to his family. In Basic Instinct, he almost like arguably depending on how you interpret that ending is kind of like except knows she's a killer and is ready to like either at least He's live with that it all. <laughs> or kill with her yeah well
1: that's why he that's what he finds so hot about her right yes. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she might kill him all the time so karina longworth's argument just to be clear is just about disclosure in the bill clinton right sure of it all right sure um but I think like retroactively we could kind of we could kind of think about that as a specter in all of these movies and part of why <laughs> you know all three of us have our different relationships so even though you hadn't seen any of these movies Dave you still like basically had a cultural relationship to these movies Oh for
0: sure for sure you
1: know
3: Mhm
0: Yeah I also speaking of disclosure Things that I found culturally in- – and like, the big thing I found culturally interesting about Disclosure, and actually kind of an interesting thing about all of these movies, is their relationship, not just a place, but to, like, a specific city. So, Fatal yes. Attraction I is love New York. Uh, Basic much. Instinct is San Francisco, which mm-hmm. literally the thing – like, I remember in elementary school – If you said San Francisco, everyone would go like, the gay city? You know, like that was the fucking shit. And then exactly in Disclosure, the the Seattle-ness of Disclosure is so funny to me. It's like, because 94 is like the tail end of like, you know, That's the year
1: Kurt Cobain dies.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, they're like clearly riding on this like. (laughs) Ooh, Seattle and tech and like and even that office. I can't like. I think I actually kind of love that office. That I
2: hate in. that office. It's a hellhole. It's like this open concept yeah. hellhole where I, everyone's looking at it and everyone else. It's like a surveillance like.
0: I, I don't, don't like know. It There's glass office, ceilings. If it were like a if it were yeah true true true. But if it were like a. I don't know, like a capture the flag stadium or something. <laughs> like it seems cool to walk through. I didn't. I want, I don't want to work there. Don't love an open plan office. But I, but but it was no. such a striking image of like, oh, this is like an early Starbucks narrative. It's a Michael Crichton culture. office, is
1: what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a very Michael Crichton office. Is it? Are
0: other Michael Crichton movies?
1: Well, that- he's. It's
2: like a high tech office. It's it's sure, futuristic. Sure, sure, sure. It's sure. Uh, you know cutting edge.
1: Yeah. So, I thought that was really so interesting. So, this movie came out about eight months after Kurt Cobain died. So, it is interesting to think about as a Seattle movie, and much of its production happened during that. Right? But Michael
2: Douglas so, is so deeply, like, uncool. Like, this oh, movie yeah. has nothing to do with that. It's a completely different he's Seattle. He's too old. Yeah. He's too old. He's That's too That's the lame. interesting
1: thing about New York, too, is, like, she lives in the meatpacking district, he
0: clearly has nothing to do.
2: Like, no, he's like you cool. live here. Ew. <laughs> also, It's so he, funny he that it's like be there. <laughs> for it
0: to be the meatpacking <laughs> district. It's like make sure we see them literally packing, packing meat, meat, so you know it's <laughs> yeah. the meatpacking district. I know, yeah. yeah, but
1: yeah, the like really interesting like industrial loft kind of like aesthetic of that also comes back in um a perfect murder. So in a perfect murder, he discovers that his wife Gwyneth Paltrow. Who, interestingly, and I think, like, in this whole trajectory, I want to mention this, she actually has money. She's not a trophy wife no. who's married him for his money. She is the wealthy one and, and comes from, she's an heiress. Mm-hmm. So, um there's con- still that kind of paranoia about, you know, financially autonomous women <laughs> that's in that movie, right? Um but she's having an affair with this artist who is played by Vigo Mortensen and uh, he lives in this kind of, um, you know, very industrial loft space. He's loft a Bohemian. Work. Yes. <laughs> he barely like has a kitchen. It's like he plugs in things to, to make him make himself food, but there's just kind of like paintings and a bed you know
2: that's all they need yeah. <laughs> and then
3: sex, she
0: brings man. in a she mm-hmm. buys
1: him an espresso machine it's like that's basically it's all in this interior was so, it um and then uh in disclosure this workplace is so fascinating because it's playing with this idea of like well what i was interested in is like okay there's the dawn of email there's all these things like that and this idea that like you're being watched everywhere and things like that so all of the all of the offices have you know these glass
2: everyone's looking um
1: windows yeah there's these big open uh staircases and people are interacting interacting and mingling in all of these ways and and that's very much part of that. The, the, there is no privacy anymore. Do right?
2: you remember the part where um, I think it's her name is Cindy? She's like, do yeah, you want me to who close your door? he had an
1: affair with.
2: Mm, yes. No, but he's he
0: like, didn't, though. No, but he, his no, he didn't.
2: Think,
1: his wife is like, everyone knows that you and Cindy Chang had an affair.
0: And that's just weird. Thing. Which is, is horrible. to say just- that. Yeah, she, she said does. something about everyone wanting to sleep with Cindy or something like that.
1: No, she says that it's a rumor, and she's not even like saying oh. whether or not uh, it huh. happened, but the, there's a rumor, and it's very much about like how rumors circulate, how people are watching each other and yeah. speculating yeah, yeah, and things yeah, yeah. like that. And it's because their relationship is so suspicious.
0: Which, by the way, she's, I will yeah. just say, I looked it up. Farron Einhorn, who played the daughter. Was born on October 31st, 1985. Disclosure came out in December of 94. So she was nine when it came out. Clearly she was least It had no more than eight when it was filmed.
1: Okay. Yeah, but you said, like, three.
0: Okay, <laughs> so I did say three, but then like, I, I amended to six. I'm just going to flaunt my childbearing credentials. I amended credentials, to six. Okay. Childbearing okay. credentials. Listen, <laughs> I have been around children, but they are mostly middle-year. middle, <laughs> middle I, have year. Been,
1: I have met a child before.
0: Dog, don't do that yeah, to me. Yeah, not- that's <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Boom, no. from no.
2: downtown. <laughs> no, no, I was, This is so land
0: Okay, I work around I have worked around I've worked with middle school age kids. I'm just not used You've worked with them? <laughs> it in a child labor context? Dog, you know what I'm saying. Don't fucking do this to me. He's a real Meredith.
2: He's putting down a child labor dispute. (laughs) Oh, my God. You don't understand.
0: This is so... Oh, my God. You are gaslighting the shit
2: out of me right now. I'm not even chiming into this because I don't like any of the kids in the movies. I I don't like any of these little crumb snatchers. Like, they're not needed in the movie. Wait, Ellen? You don't like Ellen? I don't care about Ellen at all. Ellen is incredible.
0: You know what I found
2: annoying about Ellen why hello like in the 80s everyone was like into stranger danger we understand why are you getting in the car with a strange woman that you don't know get it together Ellen she she was allowed (laughs)
0: <laughs> she said she could resist. Maybe she didn't let Ellen resist. Oh, but
2: she's in there. She's getting ice cream. She doesn't look like she's under duress. Ellen is an idiot.
0: Wow. Okay, oh we are my blaming <laughs> children, Whoa. and yet I'm the problematic okay. one. Okay. <laughs>
2: really I didn't cool. say that I wasn't problematic. I never said that. I didn't that. say that you weren't both
1: problematic.
0: <laughs> I did say I'm not problematic. I've never done anything wrong. I am one of the good ones, whether we're talking men, okay. white people, whatever it is. I'm. And you're right. an ass man,
1: as we found out.
0: Yes, so. I'm with the zeitgeist. I eat. All I do is eat ass every day well. for lunch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, again. We are going off. The I'm anti Ellen. <laughs> wow, intense. that's
1: insane. I was. I and I'm anti the kid at the
2: end. Anti-Ellen. That's why I love Get the. the sh- what's her story. name in Basic Instinct?
1: Yeah, she hates Rugrats. Yeah, she. He said, line. "Let's
2: like fuck like Minx and have a couple Rugrats and live after." And she's like, "I hate Rugrats." And then pan to the ice pick. My goddess. Yeah, we need to talk
1: about... My My goddess. Okay, I love both of you. You're both great.
2: (laughs) Is that your way of saying that I'm the worst person in the world? Like, I don't know. know.
1: I surround myself with people like you. I love you. <laughs> I want to talk about the family though, because yes. that's the haunting element of all of these, and mm-hmm. that's a great way. I so,
2: think we started talking about that him. with the Rugrats and the. Um- For sure,
1: right? And it's like Basic Instinct seems to be a movie where there's no families represented. It's not about the family, but it very much is about the family too, right? In that sense, where. In the end, he wants to make her into a mommy, and she's <laughs> about to kill him
2: right I mean well, again my can goddess. I just pause
1: and ask, do you both think that pretty clearly she is about to kill him and that he's going to die in the end? I think no, it's or? that thing
2: where when the no, I, no well she is but what? she is think- going to kill him, but not right away because in the beginning, we've mm. talked about this where she they're like, do you feel sad that this i think it's the boxer that's dead one of her no the rock star who's dead and they're like Mm -hmm. are you sorry and she's like not really but he gave me pleasure so i'm sad that he's dead it's the same thing with michael douglas when he stops sucking her titties dave and like giving her pleasure and like you know i don't know making her come or whatever then he's gonna get the ice pick as he should
0: i think that's (laughs) definitely possible (laughs) As I he should Yeah. Well for sure. Good. But at but Well he's I mean,
2: she's going to dispose of him. It's like I don't want to be a mommy. So sex for her, it's only about pleasure. I don't care if you give me children. Cause he Make says me that come. He and if says, you don't, like you go to the ice you get yes. the ice pick.
1: <laughs> he says you you wait what he you fuck like me. What's the line?
0: We were you gonna fuck, fuck like, like minks. You know that. You fuck like minks enough times, <laughs> yeah. you get rugrats. Yeah. yeah, that's what he
1: says too. He says you do this enough times, you get rugrats. It's as if like there's no.
2: Does he say that? Yeah, that is Is that. He, Gus, the partner.
1: No, that's what Michael Douglas says to her. And okay. While he's smoking a cigarette, he's like, "Well, you fuck." If you fuck like this, you you end up getting rugrats. And she's like, with not with if you get the ice rodents.
0: pick. He's like, you de- fuck like minks, and then rodents. you get there's a little <laughs> ferret on the side, and a little rugrat comes out. I think <coughs> he loves them. So obviously, he couldn't say fuck
1: like rabbits because that would be too derivative.
2: Sure, mm, minks. Mm, yeah. Right. Well, yeah.
0: Okay. So in terms of the ending of Basic Instinct, obviously there's the fake out. Um,
2: Why does anyone think that's true? Does anyone think that's true? That it was Beth? Like, I don't understand how anyone could read it that way. That's weird. Oh, well,
0: I mean the very, very end. When oh, she, okay. When she is, like, reaching down for the ice pick. Oh, I
2: love it. <laughs> and
0: you think she's going to pull it out. But she just kind of, like, almost does, like, a fake, she grabs his a fake handshake of just, like, She does that a few whoa. times in the movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah,
1: it's so, yeah, so a fake handshake. Yeah, but
0: then yeah. at the end... He t- t- to me, I mean, whether she ki- like, I'm totally down for a reading that, like, a month later, three months later, 10 years later, she kills him, or just 10 yeah. years or whatever.
1: No, no, no obviously
0: not. <laughs> <Point> <laughs> is,
2: she was with the rocks. I
1: give for it 18 months. I give <laughs> it 18 okay, the months. Point being, being, this is be the before
2: submitting. Viagra was widely available.
0: <laughs> 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 the point being, I think he almost knows. Like, he does. So the reason that she right. leaves the ice pick on the ground is that he's like almost like I don't know. I haven't seen any of these movies. It, like ready to like Bonnie and Clyde it with her and that's be it. like yep. kind of. I think he's, so. He's at least like kind of down for like maybe so. Whether he joins her
2: or not, he drank the Kool
0: Aid. He, yeah, he's he's drank the Kool Aid. So I think she doesn't kill him that night. You know, that's all I'm saying. No, because he's
2: still, you know, putting it down. Do you down. think she
1: always has <laughs> sex with an ice pick, like, under the bed? I think like, that she that's so, I it?
2: love her for that, like, because she's so, that's how she's portrayed, <laughs> and that's why I love her, again, goddess. Like, she's so, that thing where she always, like, ties them up with the silk. This is like pre Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, she's portrayed as so kinky. Like, she's so out there. And these men are really like, whoa, like, I can't believe it. Tying my hands up. This woman is a sex bomb. It's crazy. (laughs) And I think that he really, I think that he gets off on it. Because that's not the only time where she's like, she's always on top. She's always on top. And she's always doing this thing where she has this finishing move where she kind of lies back and it looks like she, yes, and she looks like she's going to stab him. But she's always like, oh, God. and But no, like, they just, amazing, orgasm together. But you could have gotten the ice pick. And that's what the erotic thriller is all about. Like, this danger. Just
1: wondering. Well, this,
2: yeah, the danger of, like, sex is always, like, right up against um like sexually in general danger and sex like it drives what makes sex good and that's throughout the erotic thriller that's even in noir that's why there's mm-hmm. murder sex yeah, fatale. exactly like you have to have it and she's so perfect can well, you tell that you i love to- her i love her <laughs> i love
0: your love for her and, I, think, <laughs> I think you have to leave the ice pick under the bed because that way the ice pick fairy can come take it and replace it with the body an orgasm. Of the man, an <laughs> orgasm. <Exactly. laughs>
2: I think that's part of their sex play, though. I think there's this scene where, like, he looks over his shoulder, and it's like, eh? eh? "Am I gonna do yeah. it? No, no, you live another day." And he really right. gets yeah. off on it. They're doing the a totally. whole thing with scarves and ice picks and. I don't know. Is this Gen Z? Is this what Gen Z is all about? Are they doing things that
0: is <laughs> the this kinkiness? Gen Z.
2: <laughs> I'm just an ancient millennial. I don't know. But
0: <laughs> is this Gen Z? Amazing. That's why I'm Might on TikTok. To... I'm
2: trying to get like them. I want to know what's happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. One of the things I'm interested in is. You are very much either one kind of woman or another. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, in Fatal yeah. Attraction, apparently the script originally had it so that Beth, the mother, and Archer, oh, okay. was, you know, a, a, a stay-at-home mom who, who had the plan of... Um, going back to work as a teacher or starting work as a teacher. Mm -hmm. But they wrote that out of the script. And instead, it was about her wanting to move. The thing that's about her autonomy is that she wants to move to the country. Yeah. Right. Right. To further solidify her housewifiness and to be by her parents. Right. Mm -hmm. But um also, she
0: is so sexy in this movie.
1: And she's archery. beautiful. Yes. No, I think she is beautiful, Jesus and that was Roy definitely. Really
2: and I, I think know she's sexy. Oh she's goodness. not supposed to be sexy.
1: I think she is though. She's got like Mary Steam Virgin.
2: Ooh, v- yeah, that's a very mess. The thing about it I
0: is, I think, and I was totally duped by this. Like, I'm willing to admit that I had the stupid, shitty thoughts at the beginning of Fatal Attraction of like. What? Like, no. Glenn Close isn't as hot as she no! is, you know? and like Oh, I'm so angry at you!
1: I, Why? Why did you have that I thought? just
0: find Anne Archer more attractive than Glenn Close, and uh, if we're gonna be okay. restorative, we need to be able to admit our faults, okay? And okay, but I, what's wrong with them. saying
2: that, though? That Glenn Close isn't as conventionally, like, like she's not Sharon Stone- in right, 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 right. No, no, no.
1: It's Which- not like that. It's the, it's the. Well, why would he? It's you know, Jasmine was what we were talking about um, before we started recording about you know the idea that the only reason a man has an affair, heterosexual, white, married, blah, 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 is because there's something he's not getting at home.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Right. Right. And
1: so the idea that she's hot, and we know that they have sex, and all these things, we have the sense that do they?
2: You I know, don't think they do. There's no
1: reason. Well, they're I don't they're think sensual
0: because they there's that there's, they never yeah,
2: have sex, but it's
1: <laughs> but they, she's it's filmed the kid's sensually fault, right? He, We're like, supposed to think that <laughs> he rubs
2: her.
0: You know, she's like, but they're always getting in
2: interrupted because family life, By and that's why he's going outside to a woman who's unfettered. Right. She can, she's always available for sex, whereas this mommy is always her. Th- there's a scene where the child Ellen once again, no, I'm just kidding. We
3: love but all. Ellen
2: is always she's in the bed. Act. They could have come home and had sex, but Ellen is there. Uh-oh. They get interrupted again and again. I don't think they do have that much sex. Oh, no.
0: Totally. But I'm just saying that Ann Archer yeah. – I think Ann Archer is supposed to be hotter than Glenn oh, Close. Oh, yeah. Um, On some level because – it shows I think that's that what he's not willing, yeah. he would not be willing to give it all up for Glenn Close. The reason that he mm. has it there is because Ann Archer is like still is not just a, like the wife in disclosure is way, I, I mean, towards the end when she's like part of the depositions, it's more interesting, but she's a way flatter piece of cardboard than Ann Archer is in Fatal Attraction. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. See, um, if you let me finish, you'll agree with everything I say. But
2: what do you think that he likes about Gwen Close? Um, like, what do you think that he? I thought about oh, that a well, lot. Oh, so,
0: she talks sexy. She's like, I, honestly, dude, there is incredible hair acting in uh-huh. this movie. We talked about good hand acting in A yeah. Serious Man, <laughs> Fatal <laughs> Attraction. Glenn Close's hair. character, and this is no disrespect to Glenn Close, this is more props to Adrian Line as a director. Uh-huh. It is a 30%. Oh, the man? Yeah, I I, I respect okay. um, i, I uh, <laughs> Jasmine's face. Um, uh, Glenn Close's performance is fully like 30% hair, and it's incredible. You don't think
2: she's – like, what is – like, I – what is her deal? Like, do you think it's because they have art in common and they can talk about Madame Butterfly? Oh, Do you totally. think it's because they can talk about their dad? Like, what does he like about her? Or, she's like, wild, more cynically- She's
0: bohemian, she's- Or is she, he,
2: is she just there? It, does he like her because she's there and she's willing? I think it's And both. she's like, I'm down to fox. She literally is like that. He doesn't have to do any work to seduce her. Yeah. He doesn't have to do yeah. anything. She's like, oh, cool, you have a weekend free- Cool. Let's do it. I think it's both. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I think there's maybe definitely so.
0: something she's very sexy in the movie.
2: I think so too, but does he think that?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean on some level, for sure. What do we think of her
1: sink?
2: Well, she's a single woman, so she doesn't she didn't clean her dishes. Naughty, naughty lady.
1: <laughs> it's full of dirty dishes and then they like are having sex over it and she's just she turns on the water and there's a lot of stuff about, oh, she incorporates the water, but there's this, like, weird comic interpretation of... Actually, he turns on the water, right? Right.
2: But just no, weird, she, right? Does. Like, she, she does. She reaches back and turns on the okay. water.
1: Because she's getting wet. It's like cleaning... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's getting I mean, wet. Meow. Obviously, there's that, but it's also that she's cleaning her dishes finally, or there's something about it that's, like...
2: Well, sinks aren't know. for domestic tasks. Sinks are props for sex.
1: Sinks are. Water yeah, isn't yeah, for exactly, cleaning dishes.
2: Yeah. Or you're, you're right, yeah. You're right. It's for. It's and then she, for lube. Ugh. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but then she. Don't then use then she water dies. for lube, guys. I know.
2: What is
0: happening? Actually, well, it was the 80s. They
2: didn't know.
1: That's interesting, though, because, like, water can't kill her, right? Because she's a ghost, right? And
2: she's a witch. So,
1: wait. <laughs> she's a ghost what? witch. Well cuz he thinks he drowns her and he doesn't it's yeah. the bullet that kills her. Isn't like it if you're to, a witch so you'll you'll it's float. It's like she's undrownable.
2: Yeah, which is float right, and exactly. ladies sink.
0: Ladies. Exactly. Fuck on it.
2: Ladies. <laughs> Women. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well okay, yeah. one thing I want to know about um what's her name? Alex
2: Forrest. Alex
0: is okay, I realize you have to do a lot of removing context. For to to answer this question, Mm. but is she right? Like like, does he owe her? I think he's absolute trash in the movie. Like no question. Yeah, he sucks. But but, does he owe her anything in the movie? Like like this, she I would argue that like he's trash, and she seems to like wildly overestimate what their connection is and think he like did she think this was gonna be more than a hookup did he need to say hey just to be clear this is going to be a single hookup this weekend while my wife's mm-hmm. away i don't know he should have
2: said that i thought about well, that's that a the lot thing. Yeah. yeah
0: well what do you think? that's
1: the thing about all of these things though is there's either he knew better or she knew better Right?
0: right, right, right. But right, that's right. not
2: how adult relationships are, and I think that exactly. it's really complicated. I kept seeing these parts where he is very like tender and loving with her. He's not yeah. just like, okay, thank you, wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Like he talks to her. They they eat dinner together.
1: Mm-hmm. They They're, talk about their daddies.
2: Yes, they hug. He touches her in a non sexual way. He
0: he saves so her when she, she slits her wrists.
2: And he's very kind to her, and so he's not just. If she reads more into it, it's not just because she's a psycho. No, she's
0: no, she's no, crazy. No.
2: And no. but then, isn't there? Um, Glenn Close said that she did all this research and that she wanted the character to have something called erotomania, which is characterized by um becoming kind of um misinterpreting signs that someone may give that they love you and that you're in love with them, and you become very attached to them. The onset is very quick. But I think that they left all of that out that she might have some sort of diagnosis that would lead her to behave this way, so that she's completely unsympathetic and she's just. Well, like a it's specter fortunate or that
0: that is also just a caricature of women in media is that they all have erotomania you know what i mean it's a little that's like, a good
2: point it's like yeah. eh,
0: okay, in the genre well. at least yeah yeah we're yeah. playing into the stereotype here for sure
2: i would say that like most people on uh i thought of this as like a dating app horror where <laughs> you like oh sorry like you knew the rules how many times has anyone like on apps people who complained about apps they all say that like you knew the rules I had no strings attached on my profile and, like, ghosting. Babe, I'm
0: really not looking for anything serious right now. Yeah, and it's like,
2: why do you think that I liked you when I – you met my mom and I sleep in your bed and we eat dinner tonight, like, every night together. And I tell you I love you. Like, why did you think I was your boyfriend? Like, I think there's something – when he says you knew the rules, like, what rules? What rules? Whose rules? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Totally. Um – yeah
2: he's a horrible person and she's not just this i I just i think it's a sad movie that's why it's not
0: it is sad huh i mean
2: it's fun to watch in some ways but it's actually kind of sad
0: i thought it was so fun to watch and actually i preferred it sounds like you're both uh, i know you jasmine are a basic instinct guy it sounds like madeline you might be a basic instinct over fatal attraction guy to me, Definitely. my ranking is in chronological order. I like Fatal okay. Attraction just slightly more. I, I recognize the craft of Basic Instinct. Yeah. But I was like, Fatal Attraction is exactly kind of the kind of movie that if Channel Surfing were still around – I'd watch to the end every time I. It's
2: the Lifetime original action. movie, like heightened.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> fun. It's like, yeah. and almost because it's a little less mm-hmm. stylized, it sucks me in more, and it felt more like I was in the world rather than like Verhoeven has this way of like intentionally keeping you at a remove sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, so that it's was a genre fun. thing
2: though. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost cartoonish. They are in different a
0: way.
1: genres. Right? Oh, totally. Well, and the thing this that- This is like genre preference, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say,
0: you know? Another thing I would add to her sort of resume, I think the most- Because obviously she's damaged, he's fucked up. What We've described ways in which he's been like, you know, a a quote, nice guy in some ways. Or actually she, expressed genuine kindness toward, toward her, I would she say. Had, yeah. But her most fucked up thing she does- even more fucked up than the rabbit in the pot is, and almost more fucked up than even kidnapping Ellen is dropping Ellen back off at their house. I was what like, What
2: is that Whoa. more fucked up?
0: I don't know. It just feels really. Should she have
2: taken dark. her away? And like,
0: <laughs> it just felt so. I was like, Whoa, she is doing this. Like, she's mocking them intentionally. It's she's toying so- with them. It's, yeah.
2: That's when it becomes like kind of like a home invasion because she's Mm -hmm. in your space. She can take your kid whenever she wants. She can come into your house and leave. You know, she was there, but where is she? That is the horror element of it that is pretty effective. And I would,
1: yeah, and I would say like that's actually what her character has more in common with the Jean Triplehorn character in Basic Instinct, who to me, like, okay, so in the beginning of the film, we encounter her as. Um, the therapist, like the in house counselor, yes, right, of yes. the SFPD,
3: mm-hmm.
1: whatever I don't know, it's what internal, affairs. Yeah. internal affairs, yeah, internal affairs. She's okay, okay, thank you. But she's a therapist or functionally so and affiliated with some, yeah, she's a therapist, and, mm-hmm. and like because she brings in those two others in the end, um, <laughs> older white men, absolutely, in the end. um. But then we find out. Oh, she's also been fucking Nick. But now they're not anymore, right?
2: He's getting calluses on his hands. Okay, Ooh. you
0: are <laughs> masturbating wrong, my dude. How do you know. get like? What's uh, wrong Like with him? honestly, you. I understand. I almost understand <laughs> if if you're getting calluses on your dick from masturbating. He's but- using
2: water. <laughs> <laughs> it is the same. It's the same Damn. character. Same character.
0: Love He's it.
1: getting off on, on the when he almost <laughs> drowned her. Okay. Yeah, oh my um, god! Ew. <laughs> but to stay stay on the Jean uh, Triplehorn character, yeah, yeah. like so, she's she's just a shapeshifter. She's constantly in. Oh, and then it turns out she was in. She went to college with the Sharon Stone character, and they slept together. And they slept together. Oh, and also then she became her stalker and there's this whole vertigo doubling mm-hmm, thing that mm-hmm. started with her and not with Roxy, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's just constantly changing. And so at the time when she dies in the end, she's shot, like you do, you do feel Michael Douglas's, um, uncertainty about like, is she going to pull out a weapon or turns out she had her car keys there. Right. Yeah. But, right, Right. Um, and that she was set up, probably, but maybe not.
2: Absolutely, right? she was.
1: Oh, 100%. I don't even. Okay, thank you. I
2: think the twist Wait. is not very twisty.
1: It's not too twisty.
2: But maybe that we're but looking anyways, at it from our way, like the way we view things now. Like,
1: right. I was. I agree yeah. that it's not. But in I the just lines. want to hold on to my. Hold on. Oh, this yeah, yeah, my yeah. point. Sorry, sorry, it's sorry. like between these, these. It's like we get from the Glenn Close character to the Gene Triplehorn character, this idea that, like, Okay, it's Act One, I'll be this girl, Act Two, I'll be this girl, mm-hmm. act three, I'll be this girl, I'll change so I'll be fluid with the plot, and that's like what base uh what what um Catherine in Basic Instinct said. She says. She's I don't make the rules, I go with the flow. Right? It's just these completely porous women who just
2: But do you are think that's how she is driven. in that movie? I think she's very She's the most Maybe maybe Demi Moore's character, but I think she's very much herself. Her I don't too. think she shapeshifts at all. That's what's Wait, scary who? about her. The Sharon Stone character, she does what she wants. No, I don't characters.
1: think she does either. I'm saying the analogy the direct analogy with, would be with the Jean Triplehorn oh,
2: okay. character,
1: not with her. Okay. And that's what sets Catherine apart from all of them. Yes. Okay. But then and then in disclosure it's even worse. It's that we actually find that out to be a plot point. And that Demi Moore wasn't creating the rules of the game. She was just playing by them. Yeah. That Donald Sutherland uh, at all, like, had asked her to basically, like, rape him and set him up and um do all these things. And it wasn't even an expression of her own autonomy. It was that is she that was being like, puppeteered. Proven? I
2: think the plot Isn't is so intense? weird.
1: Yeah. The- she says that to him at the end, though. And then she finds the, the but then we do find out that there is one good woman who happens to be Stephanie, basically, Stephanie, but who's like, the old woman, not hot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, but she's not framed as like oh. a hot young woman. She's yeah. kind of old and unsexed in some ways with her like, she has a thing suit and her haircut. I don't yeah. think she's supposed to be a sexy woman yeah but right? she, why doesn't he use a- her
2: to break the glass ceiling why doesn't he well, well he does in the
1: end right uh, yeah Don't but like just under-
2: like. it's weird that she wasn't
1: it's an afterthought it's an afterthought like you said she's
2: not hot <laughs> she's fucking- haggard yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the and the- he needed her to do those two things he needed demimora to seduce seduce He needed both of those things from the career woman, the way that she used sex in the workplace. Well,
0: do you think he sicked, he sicked her on him sexually or he was just like, listen, just derail this guy. So like the, you know, all the like getting in the way of the production line stuff. Is is that what he dictated? And she took the sexual aspect. Like I can kind of see that it didn't seem like it was like for sure that he was like, I need you to reverse sexually harass this man. Um, reverse sexually Well, it just harass. felt like the reverse ra- – <laughs> This felt like the reverse racism of sexual harassment. Mm. Well,
2: that's the way the At movie the time, is written. Right, yeah. It's very ham-fisted.
0: Yeah. Totally. Isn't there a
2: place where he says like – Who's ever heard of a woman sexually harassing a man? They
0: multiple like, people say it.
2: Boom. Like that's the theme.
0: Hope, my partner, when we were wa- – like she didn't even see the first half of this movie. Yeah. But, but like 20 minutes when from the thinks. end, she just <laughs> looked at me and she's like, so is the message of this movie believe men? Yes. yes. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> incredible. And that's what – yeah. I mean it totally is. And it's just like – Yeah, the the types of male insecurity on display in all of these movies are like, I want to have a cohesive like theory of all of them. And I just can't because it's so scattershot. It's just insecurity about everything. It's like she's too sexual. She's not sexual enough. She's boring. She's intense. She's whatever. And it's like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, it it doesn't make sense to me.
1: It doesn't. And it's like the, 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 the thing about disclosure that's interesting is not the sex scene. The sex scene is very anticlimactic and it knows that about itself, right? It happens really. It's the inciting incident more or less of the first act. Right. Um, but then there's no sex and, the really high drama moments are happening in these um kind of uh internal meetings in the company right
0: yes yes
1: totally um and in which he's like recounting what happened and i found those to be hilarious like i would say this is even even funnier than the intentional winking of basic instinct or the like overly sincere moments of um, disclosure. But when he's like recounting what happened Mm -hmm. and he just, I wrote down some of the things that he just kind of casually mentions. He's like, yeah, I was like grabbing her by the wrist. And then I threw threw her to the ground, you know, know? and then um, of his erection, which.
0: An involuntary reaction.
1: Yeah, he says it's an involuntary reflex. reflex but it's yeah. like, okay. Does this include when you throw her on a desk and say, <laughs> so you want to get fucked? And you start fingers. He was asking her? a question, okay? He was asking a question. And I wanted to say a lot of it is about penetration. Penetration anxiety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is why I also see see all of these as expressions in some ways of anxiety aids anxiety because it's like um that's the thing that can't be fulfilled in disclosure right that's the thing in fatal attraction that she gives him a blow job you know blah 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 but then they do have penetrative vaginal sex no condom resulting in this pregnancy scare. Like she's not really pregnant. Pregnancy hysteria. Right?
2: I think she is. Really? I think she... Well, I think
1: she is. I, Devin, he, she he,
2: he snoops and he finds her doctor and he calls her doctor. I think he confirms, unless she's paid off the doctor.
1: I don't think she made up the pregnancy. I think that so that's going too far. But, um... But, and then we have the whole thing of, like, I didn't fuck her with rubbers and basic instinct. And then in Disclosure, it's like, they can't even penetrate, like... There's the, the oral sex is like the ambiguous part of that scene.
0: Okay. Also, the oral sex is literally like, like her head just sits at his, at his crotch. There's no movement. It's as if she has put her mouth around his penis and then just kind of swirled it around with her tongue while holding her neck completely still. Oh my God. Well,
2: this isn't a sex ed video. I mean, it's... (laughs) not instructive it's uh but this
1: is how it's very clinton era it's like what is sex oh yeah right and there's
2: only so much you can really like (laughs) <laughs> like how can I mean that's an interesting question too like how can you simulate sex in movies now we have um like intimacy coordinators to make sure that everyone feels safe and everyone and everyone you know there's more conversation around consent and what people will and will not do yeah. and that wasn't around then like how how do we simulate these things how do we make sex look real enough for people to be titillated by it or not Right
1: well it's just amazing in disclosure there is a rape scene I agree that he was that she tries to rape him. Yeah, I think that she does. Sure, I, I. It's because he's that. able I to physically
2: get away that he isn't. Yeah,
1: exactly. But he does like much, 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 much worse to Jean Triplehorn in Basic Instinct. Yeah, she's yelling no while he fucks her. Mm-hmm. He's raping her. He is a rapist. Mm-hmm. The movie just goes along. Blah, blah, blah. That's like, why in this closure, Demi
0: Moore whispers into his ear, this is for Gene Triplehorn.
1: <laughs> I know. Maybe so. Like only, it's only when a man can get raped that rape exists yeah, in this yeah, trilogy, yeah, though. Yeah, totally. No, seriously. like yeah. That's intense. That's an intense aspect of it. So, that's what its wife tells that's him. that's part of its...
2: She right. says it can only it only exist if it happens to you. When she's talking about her own sexual harassment, and that's
1: mm-hmm. that is one of the most interesting s- scenes in Disclosure. Is she's kind of like you need to man up right. because I've been sexually harassed, get and over it, sexually raped, <laughs> and you need to get over it. Mm-hmm. And just because it's happening to you, you don't need to make it the center of the universe. Which is but that's essentially what the movie is doing. It's
0: right? acknowledging <laughs> that women are like poorly treated and that the treatment is like completely unjust, and then it's like weirdly i guess arguing that women are thus stronger because of it and and well they the, get
2: over it you know right. they dust themselves off because it happens so much like he's shocked by this this is his first rodeo and he doesn't know how to act and she's like hey i've I've gone through this before you get up you dust off you change jobs and you move on and right. you just he can't which um, is
1: what happens to demi Moore too like and in fact, that's why I wanted to like emphasize what we find out in the end, and why I do believe that that's what happens is that that Donald Sutherland's character was just exploiting her that whole time. Right. Right. And if we, I, the weird moment in the movie is when, what's, what is the line, Jasmine, about power that Michael Douglas says?
2: <laughs> he says, When did I ever have power? And I screamed. <laughs> 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 right,
1: he says sexual harassment is about power. Right, it's Linden not about
0: sex.
2: Power. Yeah, and Which that is, he's just repeating what the yeah. lawyer had told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him in the he like
0: office. learned that from it's the true. lawyer. It's true.
2: <laughs> but that is, but that is true,
1: right? Yeah, and like sure. that's why men, hetero, white heterosexual men, can be raped too, right? Mm-hmm. Or like exploited sexually in the workplace, etc. That's fine, but it is guilty of of exactly what the wife is pointing out in that scene and has zero reflexivity about that (laughs)
2: whatsoever. How do you feel about how he apologizes to Cindy, his secretary, or his, yeah, the assistant, and it's just kind of blown off where they focus in the beginning where he's like, good job, Cindy, and he like slaps her on the ass and it's like, oh no, and you think they're going to do something with that, but in the end, he's just like, And everyone learned a lesson about sexual harassment. I'm sorry, Cindy, and she goes, "That's okay, that's fine." But in the deposition, but he's looking at she (laughs) when she sees her in that room, and she's like, "Sorry, I have to testify and tell the truth." Right, and he's glaring at her like, "Oh, you betrayed me. How could you say this?" And then he apologizes later, and she's like, "Oh well," and he still she still works with him.
0: That's exactly the fantasy is. Is, like, all the dudes who are like, you can't say anything in the workplace anymore, you know? (laughs) Like, what they would love is that you have that scene to go, see, cool women are able to – you can just apologize And And get over it and then even like totally backslide by her slapping him on the ass like where no progress has actually been made. No, and Cindy is like his wife
2: where she goes through this all the time Mm -hmm. and she gets over it and she doesn't even mention it until she has to do it before like a judge Right, like there's no conversation about it until she's given the mic to say what actually happens to you every day. Right, and then, um, yeah, she is more in common with his wife, who he never, they never talk about anything like that has happened. He, she just goes, "That's okay, honey." And the daughter goes, "I never believed them, Daddy." And everyone claps at the end, and everyone like, (laughs) it's yeah, but everything's great.
0: Way more like there's like we talk about these, these female characters being different from act one to act two to act three. This whole movie is so. We are making so much more sense of disclosure than actually exists. That's like, what
2: I'm saying. The twi- like the plot is incomprehensible. Like- yeah.
1: Like when, yeah, when what's right. the movie? What's the We haven't even talked about virtual reality.
0: Right. <laughs> but when right. his lawyer Which- says to her, what says to him, yeah. she's like he's like still trying to resolve some manufacturing thing. And she's like, yeah. only you would be She was like, anyone else would be trying to take this company down. Only you would still be trying to solve their problems. I'm like, what? That's not an aspect of his character that we we don't like that we've seen at all. What are
2: you talking about? Well, we're told that he has stock options, though, so right. that he he sure. cares about the company. Because... But this idea
0: that he's, like, somehow, like, a good, hardworking man is just...
2: Yeah. Well, he wants to provide for his family. He tells his wife that. You and think I'm incapable of providing Austin. for my family? And you not go to Austin. Not it's in Austin. It's disgusting there.
0: <laughs> Which is funny. Right, now that right. Austin is such a tech capital, I'm like, damn, was that, like... On the horizon, even then. <laughs> um, but I want to. I want to hear about virtual reality. I, I we got to talk about virtual reality.
1: Well, <laughs> what do you think about like what is virtual reality doing in Disclosure? I mean, it is the the signature Michael Crichton aspect of the film, mm-hmm. right? Basically, the only thing that's like, oh yeah, okay, Michael. Crichton. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Right.
2: I was kind of but surprised that he. Know, Otherwise, it's, it's weird, kind right? of John Grishamy. Yes. Oh, I, I kind of have a soft spot for those sure. like Sunday afternoon John Grishams where it's just like in a courtroom. I love them. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> totally.
1: But it's very, the- those are both great examples of how like the sex, sexiness, right, is very like, um, thrown in. Right. Very thrown of,
2: in. And this isn't a. Th- I think the. It's like the, an afterthought
1: almost. The se- the Even though it's what envelops the whole thing. Yes. Right? Is that they're sexy. Right? They're sexy it's people,
2: just... we're told. But I don't yeah, know. We're told. I think the VR, if, if this is an erotic thriller, which I don't really think it is. I think it's just, like, tacked on. I think the VR exists to be the thriller part of it. It's supposed to provide the twists and turns, but they're mm-hmm. all very stupid. And we're supposed to be very intrigued by this, like, corporate, um like, espionage that's going on. Like, mm-hmm. when she's on the Stairmaster and she's like, We're doing a plot where <laughs> we're going to replace... <laughs> and that's supposed to be, like the thriller part of the movie yeah it's the thriller and the erotic thriller the erotic part is rape and the thriller is some sort of incomprehensible vr that we don't understand it's it sinks yeah
1: (laughs) i was thinking about it as like a as basically like in just uh based on the quote-unquote sex scene which is actually a rape scene yeah it's a genre tease also it's like about teasing Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know Teasing at these different genres, and it's n- it's not any of them in particular. But <laughs> I don't know. the it's way bad. it puts its like toes into different genre pools is not interesting. It does not make it more appealing at all. It it dilutes it. Um,
0: well,
2: I, I think in the nineties we all liked VR though, right? Like it's kind of hip.
0: Well, We're all
2: interested in it. It's a cyber thriller.
0: The, yeah, the net. It's the woman. The net. It's with the Sandra net. bullet comes out in ninety five. So this is very okay. much the era I think the VR and all tech elements of even dude the e- there's such an email part of this movie and it's just like like I don't think even in that time that is actually what email looked like, like I never have a memory of those <laughs> Me being the the the, the <laughs> these the color schemes and the the layouts of email but I now, think they yes, yes. it is it is, it that's it's so tacked on because it is just an attempt to go and the internet exists too. So, what if, yeah, what if the internet? Well, like what if the lady What looks if over the his shoulder, What if the lady look over yeah. his shoulder in the file in the virtual <laughs> file and she's made of lines? With
2: <laughs> is that scary to you? She's made
0: of lines.
2: Well, she's in the system that we're told, she's in the system, and that's very scary. And he does this jump yes. scare. And she has these very big, like virtual reality breasts that are like <laughs> that are in the movie.
0: Which but virtual I think you're reality right. sucks on.
2: <laughs> oh my god. No, that's what no. Wow, well, that's funny that you mentioned that because that's what virtual reality they're using it for boring filing and we all know that if we're gonna right. what virtual reality is really for is resimulated. Se- that's that's what all te- new technology is for. We're mm-hmm. gonna use it for sex. But I think that's I, I like that you pointed out that the email never looks <laughs> like how do you show email in a captivating way in a movie? It has to be like it spins up and it's animated. Right. And but it, this technology red is used. And yellow. It's red and yellow, and then they read it out loud. It's kind of like, "Dear Gossip Girl, I've yeah. been watching blah blah blah." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thriller aspect of it, though. This yeah, email, yeah. Well, and we don't know who it's coming from
0: because the email it's from a friend. It's from which a you're friend. To go, Isn't that
2: cute? You're supposed to go.
0: <laughs> oh shit! Turns out Arthur friend. The, isn't, it's adorable, the, isn't it? The <laughs> professor of who worked under Meredith, and then the woman who actually gets promoted at the end. It turns out her son was sending him the emails. I'm like, what? Th-
2: who cares? Isn't you didn't like that twist? You didn't find that thrilling? And then they freeze frame. Are you a friend? Freeze frame. But
0: it, it's like, <laughs> I was genuinely like, am I missing something here? Because no. this character who we had no he had no prior relationship with that we're aware of no knowledge exists is just like <laughs> Haha, it was me the whole time and you're like oh okay word isn't he yeah. like that's some friend of a Stephanie friend is
1: too yeah that's like the i mean just the 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 other woman in the workplace mm-hmm. <laughs> besides the assistant non-white woman yeah, I, mean, I thought that right. stephanie
2: was the one sending the emails
1: at first i kind of thought that too and then i was, I was like, was well, like maybe she was visiting her son and or something like
2: that but the, yeah the technology is very i mean compare like what's interesting to me is like this is supposed to be it's michael Crichton, so the tech is supposed to be very cool and of course we're making fun of it because we're in yeah, 2023 yeah, 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 yeah. and then it might it was very like whoa virtual reality maybe maybe but it's almost like science fiction
1: yeah yeah totally well it's very much like the you know the like oh it's in your blood like
2: <laughs> dinosaurs
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a very, a dinosaur. i don't yeah, know yeah. Very much the same what
2: yeah, oh come talking, on no,
0: Dave. No. But the other thing about the vr is <laughs> it ends up being Totally unnecessary. It's completely the unnecessary. The, the idea is that he's going in to retrieve these files and her <laughs> little robo body deletes them. And then later on, he makes a call to Malaysia or whatever. And he's like, hey, so do you guys back up your files? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll send those to you. That's yeah. the
2: guy who went to the Disneyland. T- What's his name? Mohammed Jofar. Right. He's like, <laughs> and- he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fax...
0: 100 pages to you <laughs> right. right now
2: and it's poor like cindy awesome. is just like what the hell is this but like,
0: like <laughs> it, it's like it's almost like saying like it was all a dream it's like the vr stuff truly yeah. has nothing to do
2: with it's the filing anything. it's the filing and they have the angel like ask an angel which isn't an even angel. vr it's like oh artificial intelligence like right. how can the angel trip. do any of this it's, it's really a down trip. It's, it's such a
1: trip it 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 it, it has no <laughs> shelf life too it has no I mean? but because a lot of michael Crichton stuff doesn't in like one year this probably looked like such a joke if not when it came out you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: but but it's interesting like to to compare to the campiness of basic instinct like disclosure is not campy it's funny no. Sort I laughed of. probably more than when I was. Because it takes Basic itself Instinct. so
2: seriously. It thinks this technology yes. is cool. It thinks that yes. um it doesn't have any fun there aren't any laughs you know those scenes where he's making right. jokes do you remember that cringe scene where like dennis leary or dennis leary <laughs> dennis miller they're having dennis this the, like battle of the sexes conversation he's and he's just like men have it hard babe or whatever the hell his shtick is and yes. it's horrible and that's supposed to be the, the comic relief
0: men or something like that, that yeah. was
2: him late that was michael douglas later and it's awful like, it's What awful. is Dennis Miller doing in this movie? He's the comic <laughs> relief. That's what I'm saying. He's the comic relief. This movie is so yeah. bleak. It's so serious. Even the sex is, like, not fun because, like you said, it's a rape scene. Like, this movie is not fun. And so they have Dennis Miller because, her har, like, he's supposed to be funny. And he's just a pig. I
1: guess, The yeah. funniest scene
2: mm-hmm. in the whole movie is when, um, what's his name? The The CEO.
1: Yeah, Bob. Donald Sutherland. Donald
2: Sutherland, he's, Michael Douglas is having that dream where he's, he kisses him in the elevator and Donald Sutherland's like face (laughs) comes towards the camera (laughs) and he's like, oh! <laughs> and it's like the it's that's the funniest scene in the movie, and I'm not sure if it's supposed to be. <laughs> it having- is
1: it's gay panic. There's like gay mm-hmm. panic everywhere. So that's like the narrative unconscious of all of
2: these. He's movies. a m- 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 man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really. Oh, I don't compare the VR to this, which is supposed to be like the technology where this all turns. Compare that to something simple like the telephone mm-hmm. in. Um, fatal attraction where the phone is always ringing, always ringing, and it's a simple landline, but you all, whenever it rings, you're filled with like such dread and it keeps ringing and it's ringing mm-hmm. at it's work. It's how she haunts. It's how right. she haunts, but it's used so effectively. And there's not much music and it's in the sound design and you're just always hearing this phone ringing. And I, I, I don't know. That's used very effectively. Whereas the VR in this movie is just, it. Sh- that should be the part that makes us feel like on the edge of our seat, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. We laugh at it. And I don't think it's just because the technology looks dumb to us. I think it's just – it's not used very effectively. Because there are other movies that use tech that we think is like old-fashioned now. But it can it can still work as a movie even later.
0: We're over two hours at this yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Are we, are, okay. we nealing, are we nearing the genre review? I was just going to
2: say, like, sure.
1: I think we should – I was just going to say, I think we should... um, I'm
2: excited to hear hear your genre reveals.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. But it does sound like we're all thinking of different genres.
2: I think that's interesting that everyone thought they were three, and I think that is... That makes a lot of sense. I mean,
0: I took that as an assignment. I just, it's more fun to think of. This is the most fun part of the show. Yeah. Three different.
2: Three different ones. Or do you think that erotic thrillers are just a big, I was thinking about it as a big, um, pretty forgiving overarching genre that you can fit a lot of different things into you well, can call anything an erotic thriller exactly. if it has boobs and it has violence that's an erotic thriller you can you can make a case for it
0: <laughs> i mean not to take the piss out of our whole show but that's the whole point is genre is a fucking farce and
2: it's a you farce can say anything's anything so
0: <laughs> yes. if anyone's wondering that's the secret now we'll go back to pretending that genre is very
2: important <laughs> and real it's very important it's sacrosanct <laughs>
1: whatever Disagree with some of this, but, anyways, um, okay, so I'm gonna start by saying I don't need to, I don't need to say my genres first, but, um, I do believe that the Michael, char- Michael Douglas character remains consistent through all of these films, however, the genre changes
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally.
1: He is a red thread. He does not
2: change. He's an erotic monster who could not be killed in this trilogy.
0: He's an unstoppable sexual force of hanging skin and and hanging I don't know. Skin. I, <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: So I wanted to, I wanted to like just ask that because um, I think the question of the archetype is you know we should distinguish it from the question of the genre, but it's. It, they're kind of contingent on each other and yeah way, totally so. do you, totally. do you both agree with that about the character or yeah I do does he undergo some like really important transformation no, no. that's yeah. why he keeps getting cast I don't really think that's he does. why they
2: keep bringing him in because he has this quality and so I think that's yeah. fair to say
0: yeah dramatically he okay, like cool. changes almost none and learns almost nothing in any of these
2: movies he doesn't need to he's just a because he's got an unstoppable in, yeah together. he's he's i don't know someone who but it would
1: be cool if he died and in basically
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is going to die and that's what i liked about it
1: <laughs> let's hope <laughs> let's hope <laughs>
2: oh my well, god I speaking think... of which
0: we didn't talk about his fucking oral cancer coming from cunnilingus stuff at all in his life no yeah Madeline, do you not? I don't need to talk about okay.
1: that. <laughs> Madeline's okay. face. No, was that him or yeah. was that his father? No, no, that, that was him. I thought that, that was, was him.
0: Room. Well, I don't need to think about
2: okay. it. <laughs> Dave seems so excited.
0: I just think. I just think. <laughs> what do you is-
2: have to say about it? I just think it's fascinating
0: <laughs> considering that this man got cancer that he misrepresented the type of cancer that he had. Okay. Obviously getting cancer is horrible. You know what I mean? Like, um, Mm -hmm. but he misrepresents the type of cancer he has because he actually has some sort of like tongue cancer, which could disfigure his face a lot more. And Mm -hmm. so he says it's throat cancer. There, it's some form of oral cancer. And, and, and so ostensibly he's lying to protect his job prospects, but Uh then he's saying in an interview like three years later that the type of cancer he had con- can come from hpv which can come from cunnilingus and later yeah. his reps are like he was talking generally so he gets the he gets <laughs> the benefit of implying that his fucking wife's vagina is like riddled with hpv and that he still goes riddled. down on her <laughs> and that but that also
1: Wait, is that what that implies? Really? What? Yes. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, he's yeah, so he's course, not course, even course.
0: taking responsibility for it. And then I was just he, thinking, maybe he quit, but he did it before. No, but then he's say, but then he's also saying, "Oh, that's well, not Catherine's even A. what A. I." Jones but then. that's not even what I. But would it's
2: mean. incredibly common, like he, you know, yeah, well, It's incredibly he, smoked, common. he
0: was he drank. It's like all sorts of stuff, but he just gets to. It's the to me, it's ultimate getting to have his cake and eating it because he was also cancer-free He's a celebrity. It is it, all his money allows yeah. him to be totally cancer-free, but then his, it, he, he gets to make this like kind of fucked up joke almost, and then distance himself <laughs> from it. And everyone's just like, ah, our, our weird Sexual grandpa, okay.
2: Is that what people got out of it, though? Or maybe this know. ties yeah. very neatly in with our erotic thriller where um, sex is always dangerous. Sex is, sure. you know, you, you yes. play with Ooh. the vagina and you might get burned. That's a really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a third anyway, thing. I don't know. That's
0: why you have to vagina. beat off with water because otherwise <laughs> oh, you will get burned. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah,
2: wash your hands, kids. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay.
1: <laughs> Let's go through this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins as the host, okay. technically. Let's go through Fatal Attraction. I wanna go one by one. Maybe not my these thing. Okay. okay, Fatal We're Attraction. Gonna start with Fatal Attraction. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, you're gonna go first. Okay. What is the genre of Fatal Attraction?
2: Okay, it's a it's a landline possession horror.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm, love I it. like it. I like it.
0: I feel it. Is it me? I next? love
2: it. The the, the landline, the scary phone
1: because you found the phone to be
2: the part of the thriller it builds the tension it's the most effective movie i would say it's the most effective movie in terms of being like an outright thriller
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. out of yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely agree absolutely agree what do you think dave what about fiddle
0: attraction i called it a fuckboy opera
2: Yeah, like yeah. It.
0: Especially I the like Madam it. Butterfly stuff, but just the mm-hmm. the the Glenn Close calling it a Greek tragedy, you know, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. the the type of relationship, you know, the whole fuckboy thing is like there's there is enough teasingly nice about the fuckboy that keeps you coming back, you know. Well,
2: it's the dick. I mean, that's right. what a fuck is. That's all he has to offer. Well that's what a is but he like he
0: pretends to be nice. He pretends That's the opera. Care. Yeah. Sure.
2: High and low culture. Who's mm-hmm. the um the host of um You Must Remember This? What's her name again?
1: Uh, Karina Longworth. Yeah,
2: she has this line where she says that like um a lot of characters in erotic thrillers are fuck boys out of their depth. <laughs> and I love <laughs> it. <laughs> That's so good. So I like That's yours a so lot, good. Dave. That's it. good. I
1: love it. Okay, mine is just um family value softcore guilt fest.
2: <laughs> I like that. soft core. And I want to
1: bring up, like, we didn't make a lot of this in our discussion, mm-hmm. which is fine, but the last shot, right? We have uh, Glenn Close getting shot by Ann Archer. Ann Archer, Michael Douglas, and Brace pans out to this, like, uh, family portrait. Yes. Right? Um, that's the scariest the
2: part of the role. movie. And that's why I would say that it's That's why it's a possession horror because like much like the end of The Shining or like The Exorcist or something where he's Pazuzu. He is going to do it again. You think that you've killed the poltergeist or whatever, that you've had this exorcism. No, the monster is still in the house. And that scene where they pan, like you said, (laughs) to the picture, that's the like undead, like coming out of the grave, like at the end of the movie, like he's not dead. You got to double tap. He's still there.
1: Brilliant. Okay, let's go to Basic
0: Instinct. Jasmine,
2: it's a female dating strategy revenge porn.
0: <laughs> Wait, give give the revenge porn part. Help me understand how it, this is a revenge I porn. Like the female.
2: <laughs> because and I say that lovingly because I feel like a lot of men would read like this. Bumble. Yes, I feel like they would read this as like. Um, She's the most Bumble dangerous. Anxiety yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, she, th- listen, girls, if you want to know how to get over on these men, this is what you do. You have your own money. You use them for sex. You use them for, she literally uses his job and just knowing him as fodder for her book. Mm-hmm. She tells him outright, like, I'm done with you. I, I've had, a- I have all the material for my book. You can go now. And he gets very mad. She's completely cold towards him. Ladies, this is how you win, and that's female dating strategy. But what's the
0: revenge porn part? Of <laughs>
2: the it? revenge porn is that she's going to kill him, <laughs> and that's the revenge. It's revenge yeah. for for women. You, the Glenn Close character who's turning her lamp on and laugh. off, on and off, and she's waiting for him. Why won't he go to Madame Butterfly with me? She gets ghosted. He's getting ghosted here. She doesn't care about him at all. But He's revenge completely porn disposable.
0: is showing someone's Porn against their will Well, okay,
2: okay, revenge. okay Okay, but I'm using it I'm not using it in that way Okay,
0: I get you, I get you, I get you I know what you're saying It's like saying. a revenge, revenge fantasy Yes, revenge fantasy Revenge fantasy, fantasy and- porn. But porn. I'm
2: using okay. porn in the way that it's very, yeah. it's very purient. It's very, we're getting off on it.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I, it's I guess not.
2: So. Yeah. Totally. But totally. I see what you're saying. And I see. Thank you for saying that because I definitely do not mean that. Well, because I can <laughs>
0: almost kind of see it if she's using sexual experiences with him in her books to be like. interesting.
2: You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And with
0: Roxy,
1: Roxy watching them too. Yeah. Right? Sure, sure.
2: And he doesn't know. And he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not, I wonder I would- if she
2: writes about their sexual experiences. No, I think in her both books. are
1: actually valid. Yeah. I don't know, but like that that book like is reve- is a revenge fantasy too. You yeah.
2: Know? Like he's everything yeah, she's ex- yeah, he's that's a good point. Writing. She's exposing him. She's exploiting him. She yeah. is and she tells him so. I
0: like that, though.
2: She tells him so. What do you think? No.
0: I had it as stylized game of sexual chicken. sexual chicken sexual chicken okay which i might have some sexual chicken for dinner tonight so (laughs) Uh, no i uh the other thing i just want to say that i i I think i might be proud of us for is that like okay you hear that we're going to talk about erotic thrillers you hear that the three movies (laughs) we've picked are fatal attraction basic instinct and disclosure the thing top two things as a listener, I go in sure that we are going to cover <laughs> includes Sharon Sharon Stone's bare vagina in the interrogation scene, and we did not yeah. talk about that once. And I think that is an interesting. I did bring key. it up. I did bring it up. You did. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was asleep during that part. I'm sorry.
2: I'm, I'm surprised, surprised that the, you fell asleep the, during the- that part. <laughs> Wait. When did you? When when, when, I talked, I
0: said
1: that with the MPAA rating, apparently it was okay for that for the R.
0: Sure, sure, sure. But
1: the implication that he was yes going down on her. Right. So I know I did. I do
0: remember that, but it was in such passing. When that is, it didn't orbit around the scene. But that is what no, no. this movie orbits around. Absolutely, that's a what everyone knows about. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So I actually, am going to give us some
1: Iconic scene for sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's
2: good. That's good. This is high okay, art, Dave. We're not it. pornographers here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I called it neo Hitchcockian anti cop camp.
2: Anti cop?
1: Um, I don't think it's anti anti cop camp. Because well, that's what the genre is for me. Okay,
2: (laughs) okay, fair enough. I got a
1: lot of pleasure. I derived a lot of pleasure out of the fact that I knew he would die in the end. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's very acab like, um, and that there it's very easy to watch it rooting for Catherine, and that Catherine is that scene. Okay, now I do want to talk about that scene because it's so acap. Yeah,
2: it's really it good. It is,
1: like, she's like, I don't need my fucking lawyer here.
2: It's kind of ACAB, except that these she knows that these are, like, dirty she, cops, that if she just flashes a vagina, like, she's going to win.
1: She knows, she knows exactly what they are yeah. and how to fuck with them. Yeah. And she doesn't need a lawyer. She doesn't. She is so powerful. She has money. And you're rooting for her. And... Um, maybe not everyone was and I like based on Susan Faludi's like uh, account of the fatal attraction crowds I'm sure that at the time and also all these accounts from gay rights activists that was highly contentious at the time but I was just talking to my one of my gay guy friends the other day and he was like oh but the gays now we love basic instinct yeah. because it's camp, it's camp. we all sure, know it's sure. camp mm-hmm. now Right. And I think that that's part of the relief in seeing something as camp retroactively is then you're able to see this, you know, potentially queer, feminist, counter readings and things like that. So yeah, neo-Hitchcockian anti-cop camp. I want to move to disclosure. (laughs) I think across the board, we've agreed this is the worst. None of us
2: were like <laughs> at all defenders. Yeah. No, of this movie's no, really bad. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. It's awful. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, Jasmine. He said
2: it was a blue pill after school cyber special. <laughs> and I think that, like, I say cyber special because, um, like I'll, the worst thing to to me about this movie is that the lines are so ham fisted. It's like. It is like an after-school special about sexual harassment. That's what we're talking about. Kids, gather around, And the lines he's like, "When did I have power?" And sexual harassment is not about sex. It's about. It's like, it's too. There's no. Um, there's no nuance. There's no. There's no. F- Everything is right on the surface. We're being slammed with this message. It's a message movie, and that's what makes it so boring and awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, what's it called? What's it called when something is like, not, not a warning, but it's like a, a cautionary tale. tale. That okay. is the <laughs> word I was like trying to think of it. Okay. So my, you read my book. So what's that? I, I think that's a term
1: I use too many times in my book. It's the it's source of anxiety for me.
0: Um, <laughs> My, my genre for disclosure is. Corpo sexual harassment cautionary tale training seminar.
2: Training seminar, yes. Training seminar, yeah. Yeah, definitely. that's really Has good. That's
1: really okay. I'm gonna go somewhere wildly different. I'm gonna say it's a Bill Clinton wet dream. Hell yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think one thing where I, I, but I had a, I had a moment where I was thinking of it as a sexual tra- sexual harassment training, um video or
0: whatever yeah managerial bullshit mm-hmm. yeah i think one thing we are gonna have to do these 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 genres are getting fucking wordy man i think, to, <laughs> I, think I think we should challenge ourselves to sacrifice Mine some don't words. more
1: than four words
0: four Mine words is a lot of words, words dude if you saw if you saw a bunch of genres in the video store that were all four word genres you'd be like what am i in the dictionary store?"
2: I'd be happy because I would know exactly what I'm going to get.
0: (laughs) Touche, touche, touche.
1: Well. Yeah, I like Bill Clinton Wet Dream too. You know, I mean, that's. Yeah,
0: you like. I could just say. You like your own genre name?
1: Yeah, I do. I like it. I like what I've done, and it's four words. And I think all of yours
0: were more. Madeline is a a confident
2: woman in the workplace, and she will not be demeaned (laughs) for
0: it. Let me say, I. Not all of mine were four words. <laughs> Fuckboy okay. Opera is the words? shortest of any of these.
1: Okay, but like in the in the trajectory of our show so far, like yours have been wordier than mine, I think. And we can do the research. That is, the research? That oh, is,
0: God. That is a spacious <laughs> claim for sure, okay? So
2: as a Why don't listener, you go into the VR filing cabinet and ask yeah, the angel exactly. to find- I will.
0: I will instead ask, <laughs> ask the listener to email us at genrerevealparty at gmail dot com if you think that if you're able to count and you know if my uh, you know we're episode what five here I think. Um, mm-hmm. If, yes. if my my genre names have been wordier than Madeline's, if you like shorter or longer, if you care either way, and especially if you sure. have your own genre names, <laughs> for any of these movies, we, we are, we are uh, recording this on premiere day for the podcast. So this is a very <laughs> fun time. We spent a lot of time just kind of at the end of episodes going <laughs> and kind of just fizzling out. But now we want to say, check the show notes. Follow the podcast, follow us, listen to my other podcasts, all in the show notes there, um, and and email us. We would love to hear from folks. We have not decided the, uh, the focus of our second season yet. We have not decided- Hotly debated. On, yeah. We have not decided guests of that season yet. So we, who knows when that'll happen? We've still got quite a bit of season one left, but very open to suggestions. Even if you have
1: nominations for this season, you know, there's- there's
0: no, don't give there's false like a, hope. We got a lot of stuff in stone about season one. Okay. I'm on the fence about one of my, okay. Selections. Okay. That's well, we're suggestible,
1: but if you, if you have thoughts about, um, anti-family family representation and film, we'd love to hear it. We'll feature it in future episodes. We're, we're happy to hear from, from folks about any thoughts they're having. Listen Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. Yeah, so tell your friends about the show. Um, if you can, if you can put a review about why you like the show in your in your podcast app, that would be tight. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming.
2: I'm gonna spam the email about the um the wordiness. I'm on your side, Madeline. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So am I. I just want to say I respect women. I believe women. Um,
2: Do you have any music to play him out? Like, come on.